powered from the Panorama Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition number 127. Tonight, we are joined by Seth Geis of Developing Palettes, where we dive into the world of cigar samplers. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th anniversary brand is consistently earning the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon-balanced wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Aids, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Minnesota 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo Cigars website at www.perdomocigars.com. We want to mention Agonorsa Leaf. Great leaf makes great cigars. Agonorsa leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Carojo 99, Criolla 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of their JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian Farm, or Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Agonorsa leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Agonorsa leaf. And one mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, Cuba was the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aurora took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to put, deliver products to market with authentic Carojo. Now, with Jerry Tobacco, Hunis and Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Carojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of wrapper options, including the latest release, the Aladino Classic. All represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retail. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco. A legacy is tasted in every drawer. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes or Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate as well as the California studios for the Primetime Thursday show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime episode 127. Today is Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. Will Cooper, I am on the black stage here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios. I'm joined by, in the Alec Bradley Studios, Lone Star Studios of Hazel, Texas, by my friend and colleague, Mr. Bear Duplissy. Pausing for effect, Coop. How are you, my friend? How is everything going? It's been a while. It's been a while. We're... It's been a while. It seems like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, 
And, you know, why don't we just bring him on right now? Um, yes. I, I, haven't, I feel like I haven't talked to this guy in a while either. It's been yes, a- I know. It's been, it's but, been a while uh, for he, everything. It's been is, a while. It's been a while. He is the big tuner himself from Developing Powers. Mr. Seth Guys. Guys, it's great, it's great to be here. Bear, that's a sweet beard, man. Well, Thank this you. is what happens, Seth. I, lo- I love what you got going and starting off. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's good. Yeah, it's going. <laughs> this is what happens, Seth. When you come up, when you start talking about something, we recruit you for a show, and that's what we it's did fu- here. It's fine. It's 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 good. <laughs> I like it. It's a good topic. It, it, it is. I thought you were bringing it because you and I were messaging on these things, and there was so much like, insight that you had on this sample topic. Um, I was like really excited and I, and that's why I started going to bear. I think we should get a show on this because it's something we haven't, I haven't seen many, I may have seen one show do this once this topic and it may have been cigar authority years ago, but otherwise I really haven't seen it done. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it had to have been cigar authority years ago. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I just kind of, before I get, get into things, um, I guess my Sundays are going to be different for the next five months is what I'm going to tell everybody, you know, now that we're into football season. So I kind of mm-hmm. feel like it's a, the, 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 the rhythm of the year changes that week after Labor Day. So Daniel Jones, man, want to know, um, you know, he, the offensive line looked terrible in the first half of that game. And I was, I think I messaged someone bearer. I'm like, this is, this is embarrassing. But, um, the second half they played better. um, I thought the coaching was better. wasn't perfect, but, but 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 you know it was you know there's still some dumb penalties this team's taking. But but Daniel Jones, it, there's a there's a there's a Facebook page that's absolutely on a witch hunt for Daniel Jones. And in mid game, they write an article saying how bad Daniel Jones was playing in the first half. They put an article up on it. <laughs> oh, man, that's bad when you put an article. That's like, bad. I mean, let the game play Let the game play Yeah, and I'll call. Don't don't subscribe. I unsubscribe to the page. It's called Giants three sixty six for three hundred. I guess three hundred sixty days. Unsubscribe to that page. Uh, there. That's that is. Well, that, that is should have been your first clue, Coop. They like they they don't know how to count. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, so, had, like, yeah, they had one. Yeah. They had an extra day to the year. I mean, yeah, yep, it, it, exactly. It, they they should have been a clue right away. Um, but we have the you know we have America's newest Panthers fan on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about it? You want to talk about exhausting and negative pages of your quarterbacks? <laughs> let me let me introduce you to Baker Mayfield and the hate that goes with this guy. But no, he played well in the second half. First he, half, he, he did. You know, I mean, he, there was a big play. He, he could make a big play. That's what it showed. Next, the fun. The funny thing was, if you watch CBS here, I don't know. It was probably national when Boomer Asizon said that he probably needed to take a gummy. Baker needed to take a gummy <laughs> before that game. And then one. And then um, who was it? Chris Sims, I guess, said maybe a Xanax. But you know what? At halftime, it looked like he either took a Xanax or a gummy, and he played better in the second half. So it was. I almost wanted to tell Boomer that maybe he should worry about his Joe Burrow and the Bengals, who who's thrown four interceptions in the first half. But. And they have no offensive line still. I mean, that team what they did last year was nothing short of a miracle getting the Super Bowl with that offensive line. Because it's I terrible. They, I thought they, I thought they drafted and rebuilt. I thought they built a really good O line. They still look terrible. They should take Cleveland Browns O line. Then Joe Burrow would never get hit. <laughs> and Barrett has some good news to say out of Green Bay. Can only get better. Uh, yeah, I can only. You, start, you got rid of Matt who absolutely did the worst <laughs> coaching job a debut ever I ever saw by a debut coach last night. That was wow, the most hor- Barrett. That was brutal. That was. That was that. What the sixty-four yard field goal? 
Yeah, when you have yeah. Russell Wilson. Do you know that it was You know what? 41. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. He was just making up I'm gonna for say he was this. making up that was doing that for you Coop because he was saying, you know what? Just for William Cooper uh for not, when Matt LaFleur didn't take the field goal, I'm going to take the field goal right here. So he was doing that for you, man. Well, here's here's my question about this. They had three timeouts. That was what started the whole thing. Okay. Yes. We can go after the coach. I yeah. get it. We should go after the coach. Right. But if we're always going to go after quarterbacks as well. Well, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. He's a veteran quarterback. Does he yeah. not know clock time management? Uh, oh, I agree. He should absolutely. He's accountable for that. He's accountable for he's it. Totally too. accountable for that. Yeah. I don't blame him for actually going for the sixty-four. I don't think. I don't think Russell Wilson. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you still. I would have gone in a little bit further, but I don't think Russell Wilson. I think they should have tried to do some other things. But at that point, like when you're when they've screwed up as bad, bad as they did at that point. We're like, what do they have? Like forty seconds left. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they could have gotten a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and much <laughs> to the ch- much to the chagrin, the Broncos lose to Bears' favorite coach, Pete Carroll. Dude, he got Seattle jacked up for that he, game. You know that guy? He's a he's a rah rah type. You can say what you want about Pete Carroll. He's a rah rah guy. He's always been a rah rah guy, and he gets these guys. Sometimes when he's fired up, sometimes he goes into the doldrums. I get it, but when he's fired up, they they respond to him. These teams. He's my favorite USC coach. Yeah, well, because we're not going <laughs> to talk about the current one. Right now, so. <laughs> All right, so no, we uh, it's definitely some good football stuff happening here. Um, hey, so let's before we get into things, we got to take care of some house. Oh, there's no contest tonight, guys. Um, oh, we lost bear. We lost, we lost Bear. That's unusual. It's about like Nebraska lost Scott Frost, man. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He just dropped. Uh, he might have lost his connection. So we'll give him a, a second. But while, um, because I was gonna say I was gonna have you just pick what Bear was gonna smoke tonight. But I'm gonna. I'll tell you. What are you smoking? Let's talk about what we're smoking. Yeah, so I'm smoking the Perdomo uh, Double Age Twelve Year Vintage uh, Connecticut in the Churchill size. Nice. Um, and and you have, and I are gonna talk. There's a bunch of that in this. I gotta. Un- I haven't smoked through this. My, this is the one I smoked through. I gotta do my focus thing. Yeah. But I tell you, and we're gonna get into it. I think Perdomo is one of the companies that they absolutely are nailing it when it comes to samplers. They uh, they have they have got it. They've got it nailed. Yeah. They've they, he does they do a fantastic job job. Yeah, they do. Um, they do so many so many. Not only, well, we can get into it. Yeah, we we'll get, yeah, we'll we'll get, get into, into it later. We'll, we'll get into that for sure. Um, because I have, yeah, that sam- I, I have that sampler, by the way, as you can I, see, the yeah. uh, Connecticut sampler. Yep. Which, you know, they, a lot of good six in this. Yeah, I mean, there is, um, well, we're going to get into because they do their samplers both horizontally and vertically, which we'll get into. They do. I, yeah, and I, that's what I really like what they do. And we're going to get into different different types of samplers but we have i guess he's refocusing we got bears for we got bears forearm you know he had a re, that camera is the one thing is that camera's a pain in the neck to refocus so there's no good bear are you okay yes so yeah my internet just went out so husband do, do i look good everybody do my am i good you look yeah, good. yeah you look, you look, you look fabulous my friend Fabulous, wonderful. Yeah. So we were, we're talking just, about Scott Frost before you left. Yeah, we talked about oh, Scott Frost. Yeah. Well, sometimes you, sometimes you know, just because you can go home, you know, sometimes you shouldn't. Uh, but good. The good news is that Tom, you know, Tom Osborne is still alive. You know, he's in his eighties, but you know, I've heard an interesting name come up for that job in Nebraska. 
And I, I don't think, and I love this coach. It's not the, name, I think it's not the name I said, is it? No, it's not. Okay. Um, I think this guy should go back to the pros. That's why. But the name I'm here is Bill O'Brien. Where is back? he right now? Where, where, he's Al, at, he's at Alabama. Alabama. He's at Alabama, yeah. He is. He's the OC at Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I, I kind of wonder about, you know, I, I think obviously he wants to get, he's, he's there to try to get, I'm sure he's there with Saban and it's a, Saban knows it's a short-term deal. Like, yeah, and well, that's what he does with everybody, man. He just recruits. He brings. He's know. got Lane Kiffins, yeah. So, but the name I'm hearing is is possibly Bill O'Brien. Um, because they, there is, yeah, I heard of Matt Campbell. Uh, oh, he's not leaving Iowa State. He's to not go leaving to Iowa State to Nebraska. Go to He'd be crazy to go there. He's built something. God, in he's got. I think he's got to win. You got to win. I think he's got to win the Big Twelve. I really think he's got to win the Big Twelve before he does anything yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, well, I mean, maybe I don't know. I, I mean, look at uh, um, what's his name? PJ uh, rode the boat from Central Michigan, and then he went to Minnesota. Like I thought he would have gotten a better offer than that. Um, oh yeah, the Minnesota coach. And he went to Minnesota, and I was like, really? Like that's the jump he made? Like I thought he was. I thought he was in line for like a ACC job or something. Yeah. Like yeah. But you know, he he made the jump to Minnesota. I think he's done some good things, but I still think I don't think he's done some some incredible things, you know, which is maybe Minnesota's a good fit for him. I don't know. I don't think he's gonna win in Minnesota. I don't think so either. And if he does, it will be he'll be pl- he'll be plucked, he'll be plucked into some other program. Oh my gosh, if he if if he won with Minnesota and beat, you know, Ohio State, he would be yeah, he'd be gone. He'll be plucked into yeah. one of the elite ones, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, it's Fleck was the name I couldn't remember two seconds ago, but yeah, PJ Fleck. Fleck. So, um, yeah. I mean, he's still really young. He's only like he's young. He's like in his early forties. Like, like his. I mean, his record's not. I don't know. I meant, mm, what's he so far? I mean, his, I mean, he's got a he's got an almost six sixty uh, percent winning record in his career. Um, I'm trying to remember. What what's his record at Minnesota? Sixty five and forty five and thirty five and twenty three at Minnesota. Yeah, that's not yeah, bad. I mean, I mean, well, I don't know who he loses to. I mean, there's some teams in there that. I mean, it's the Big Ten. It's really Ohio State, Wisconsin. I, I don't know. Central Michigan earlier. I meant Western yeah. Michigan, but row the boat. That guy. Like, it's, I all don't the, know. it's all the Michigans. Yep. I just thought he would have made a bigger. I mean, he made a bigger jump. He, I mean, he like he can't make a move like that too. You know, well, actually, you know, I mean, you know what could happen because he's not doing much, just toying around there, there in Austin right now as a special assistant. Fucking Gary Patterson go up to Nebraska and coach. You know, Gary Patterson's a good coach. Yeah, he is. He's a he very the, he he one of the most my alma mater, dude. He oh did. my he god, got I got the shaft. What yeah, they treated him terrible. Dude. They treated him oh, terrible. I was embarrassed. Like everyone's like, "Oh, are you watching the game?" I'm like, "No, I'm fucking boycotting my team this year. I, I'm they not should. watching. I'm not watching TCU football this year. Fuck it, dude." No. You know, there was a lot of people that came up and said he shouldn't have been fired too. You know, the the best thing was it was just there was a lot of Big Twelve coaches who stood up for him, um, and I think they all respected him, which I which I really yep. appreciated. Um, I, I'll say I, I will say that about Lincoln before he went to USC was that 
you know, he, he was pretty vocal about what TCU did to Gary Patterson. He thought it was wrong. And I, I, I agree with him on that. I mean, it was just, I mean, it, it, everything at TCU right now, like, uh, I mean, I mean, there's, there's been, there's been this massive in construction effort mount, millions upon millions of dollars have gone into that university. So many things are because of its football program. He fucking built it. Yeah. He, he really, he, they showed, I think, I think Joel Klatt, if I remember this correct, I think he and Gus on Fox sports last year showed what a football program can do and how it can help a university. And they showed what Gary Patterson did at TCU. And they talked yeah. about the money that it brought in yeah. and, and, and how it really helped the university overall. I, I think it's one of the best building jobs. I probably, the other guy I put is, is I put him right up there with Bill Snyder. Just program builders that we've seen in the last 25 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 State. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Where it's 100%. more than just getting a good record. It was with Gary Perry. It was more than, same with Bill Snyder, more than just getting the good record. Kansas State loved Bill Snyder. I mean, it he's was a, one of those. A, yeah. That's why they brought him back from retirement, man. They brought him they after they named the field after him. I mean, and you look at, you know, not to digress, but when Snyder went into Kansas State, that was the worst program in America at the time. They were, they were, they were at the bottom. And, you know, he had them competing close to the national championship level, which no one would ever. And when he left, they went downhill and they, they had to bring him like back. why they brought him back. Yeah. 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 All right. Hey, so why don't we get into Seth? What are you smoking tonight? And then we'll have you kind of pick out what Bear's going to smoke. I'm smoking the Alec Bradley Tempest Natural, um, which is weird. Always still after all these years for me to say natural after that from this Alec Bradley Fresh Pack. So, yeah, yep. but Bear, what are your what are your options? All right. So I've got a nice little variety for you to choose from today. So, so well, we'll start with uh, the most heavily cladded uh, packaging, which is uh, the Moisture de Saka Bewitched. Oh, I've got uh, you don't pick that. It's going to be hate mail. I just I just reviewed that cigar, too, a little while ago. <laughs> Well, we haven't speaking published. Speak, we haven't published it yet, though. Speaking of your reviews, uh, this was a cigar that was uh, very, very well reviewed by uh, Developing Palettes, uh, the Blackworks Hyena. Uh, that yeah. was, like a, I think, that was the number one cigar for the for the site, wasn't it? That was. Yes, it was. Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. I, I, it's like I know what I'm doing, Coop. There we go. That was our that was our way of saying, Skip, you think you can do something cool with Cameroon? Watch this guy, we'll do it better. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little off the wall here, a little uh, fan favorite of Coop and I's, the Epic Habano. That's and still, I think, Carson. the best epic that's been done by them. Yeah. That's that's probably it's been forever since I that's a host that's got Habano. Jose Jose's footprints all over that cigar, too. Jose. And then uh, a yeah. yeah. Casa Magna Liga F. Something I just reviewed new- that. I just gave that a very good score. That's the one with the green, right? Yeah, that's the green. That's correct. I thought it was a good cigar. Did I review that? I like that yes. cigar. I, I I'm did. telling you, did I, I, I gave it a high. I gave it a high score, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I don't remember, yeah, but I liked it. I liked I'm telling it you, Casada's doing some really good blends right now. They're if they that, can, uh, if they can just keep factory. it up, yeah, yeah. That factory really turned things around. They did. The factory is in the last. I'm telling you, I, uh, that's a Ben and I have been loving everything. Come that's a 180. Yeah, we smoked the. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, that the original, that Matilde with a red band, whatever right. it was, Matilda 3, and then that Warped, which I thought was t- terrible. And I ripped that factory. And then a month later, no, next year, Aaron sends us 
the new Casada and the new warped out of that factory. And it's like, it's just completely different. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just like, what the heck? Yeah. And, you know, uh, Bear, not Bear, Ben and I smoked Casa Magna, Colorado, the mm-hmm. Rebooster that got that number one years ago. Oh, my and gosh. We both oh, thought, and we both said it's smoking better than it was when it first came. It was smoking at a level. I mean, it was the highest scoring cigar I've had in the last few years. But it's an older blend, so it's not going to be number one. But but it was one of the best cigars I've had in the last few years. It was a good stick. Yeah, they they really. Uh, so I think that factory's turned it around. Yeah, yeah. yeah you uh, you, um, you had the highest score of the team on the Liga F, Seth. I'm not surprised. I, I wanted to yeah I wanted to fact check it. So you were yeah you were at six point four seven. What did Aaron give it? Uh, f- a full point lower, five point four five. What a hater! Who gave it the lowest? He, he killed the hyena too, though. He did. He did. But I mean, I mean, but uh, uh, June wasn't too far behind, five point six. And, June doesn't uh, know what he's doing. John, well, John, has, on the other. What did John give it? Five point seven five. Wow. Yeah, see, John, see, see, John gave it a better one. John's got a better. That's what you have. I mean, I think <laughs> he's closer to me on that one. Yeah. Well, it's because it's got that Dominican <laughs> tobacco, man. That June, June hates. You know. I, June, I think that they. That was a fantastic blend they did i give it a 91 which i'm not giving out much over 92 these days so and ben gave it the same score well i'm the only east coast guy so i got a bunch of californians and canadians so you got to give me a break i didn't take that the whole yeah you guys are in you're the only eastern time zone guy we're well it, john's mountain and then they're they're west yeah so john and i you know aaron always sets a time zone and then john and i like to give him crap about yeah. what, what what time zone is that yeah. my time zone your time zone right all right, but back to bear selections. We, back we to did bear selections. Yep. But yes, it would honor me, Seth, if you pick my cigar tonight. Gosh, man, the it's either the Casa Magna or the, or the the Saka. I want which one? Which one? Have you smoked them both? I I have not smoked the Bewitched yet. I've smoked the Liga. So. Well, let's smoke it. Smoke it so we can talk about it. I like smoke that the, cigar. Smoke the Bewitched. Yeah. You want me to share my? Can, I'll give little teasers of my notes. I don't even know what my score is, but I can tell you, I, I thought really highly of it. I'll talk about it before I even talk about it with Aaron and all that. By, by the way, if we, if we, uh, you know, this is going to avoid hate mail coming to the show, but you know, positive things about Osaka. Cigar. I think this was my favorite moisture of Osaka, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm such an OG with, the, with his stuff. Like, I think, I think like of his core stuff, I, yeah. I'm still a sober uh-huh. Mesa guy. And of his moisturizers, I'm still an exclusive. I've been this really, is, I've been disappointed with most of the moisturizers. I got to be. Well, this, this is this one's from oil, right? This is the oil. Yeah. One. Mm, yes, this is from. Yes, oil. this is it's from. A, the, yeah. From, yeah. There's a difference because he's also where was, he did the other ones with what? Uh, Pichardo? He did most of them out of Hoyer, except for that unstolen valor, which is out of Noxa. Yeah, that's Noxa. the one he did out of Noxa. Yeah, not Pichardo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, but no, most of the moisture sockets have underwhelmed me. Um, I, I did smoke the unicorn, which was, I, I loved it, but I'm going to put that aside. But so I am anxious to smoke this. I have this. Did you smoke, did you smoke his chubby? Let's not go there. Did you like his chubby? I, I, I he did doesn't not know even, what he's going to do. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah, gonna do so in our, our PCA interview, Bears interviewing him and Saka says, I don't know what I'm going to do with my chubby. <laughs> That's a personal problem, Steve. <laughs> he got a cigar called chubby unicorn. Like no, it's just it's not like it was a one-time thing, dude. I'm a, like, but like he like just goes on this little you know two-minute rant about his chubby and blah, blah blah, and I just can't contain it. I just like I start chuckling. He's like, "What are you twelve? And I was like, "You were the one talking about dragging your nuts across the floor a couple minutes ago, man." It was an epic. 
It was an epic exchange. Go back and check out the PCA interview, everybody. So chubby, uni- chubby unicorn. Yeah, chubby. What's the what's the size? It's uh, it's like a. You're the well, you're the guy to ask this question. It's um, is it um, like a like uh, a fat perfecto? Fat perfecto, like, yeah, 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 like like a zeppelin. Uh, no, no, not that, not that short. Um, oh gosh. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna get. To, I'm gonna get these dimensions. Are we gonna uh, put six up a and, picture six of Steve's a, chubby? Six and, a, six, six, six and a quarter. No, that's the regular unicorn. The regular unicorn is six and a quarter by sixty. Yeah. So the chubby. Five and five and two five and two quarters. Five point two five by sixty or fifty. Yeah, there you go. Is that what it is? Yes. I just guessed that. I was guessing where he would go with it. So he basically made a really, he went down to a bellicoso boat, you know, bellicoso length. Cool. Chef, well, I'm going to light this up. Light it up. I'm smoking. You know, Tempest is a blend I've come back to so many times. And every time I smoke it, because I don't smoke it a lot, but I really appreciate it more. I, I do too. The natural version. The original, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always been a Tempest fan. I think the Tempest is oh, used, really good stuff. I thought the Prinsado was, I, you know, the Prinsado came after, came out after it, right? And I thought the Prinsado was was better, but I was wrong. I think the the um, Tempest is a better blend overall. Uh, I think the best I, cigar I smoked this year, Seth, came from Alec Bradley, and I haven't really? scored it yet, but it's the fine and rare. And Ben, Ben is really? on. Really, Ben and I have been on the same page with this, and Nielsen's been on it too. Really? Yeah, we haven't been, smoked it yet. But Loomis, I don't awesome. think liked it. Just so you know. Well, Wait, who'd you, what'd you say? I don't think Loomis liked it. Well, um, it's not. I, I don't think I. I know we reviewed it. Um, the one thing I had to say critical about it was, um, I thought the bands were beautiful but they didn't work on the cigar. I thought the colors were too much in line. So like the bands didn't really pop off of it. I, I would agree on that, but that's a, really a, a minor thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, really yeah. yeah. But, uh, they, but, I uh, think they do good stuff. They, it, um, ever since we did that, that interview with them when we were doing that show with Jeff Borchewitz, um, it's just a better understanding of really the Honduran and Nicaraguan tobacco they use. Yep. Um, and it's one of those, man, it'd be cool if the two kids went around the country, just kind of talked about it. They, they did. You know, I wasn't as high on Kintsugi as Bear was. Bear was much higher on Kintsugi than I was, but that cigar has been a huge hit for them. You, you can't argue Kintsugi has been a monster for them. Huge. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very size specific too. Like the Corona and the Robusto are by far the better, the better of that yeah. blind. Like I, I, I mean, so much to say, like, I will not pick up another size other than those two. And I, but I will smoke them because I, yeah. I really, I really enjoy those yeah. two sizes, but I won't pick up another size other than those two. And it's not just because I love them that much. It's just, I don't, I didn't. It's just, didn't that's, really where the, that's where the blend smokes. Yeah. yeah for yep. me, for sure. The, um, have you guys done the, the? I'm looking. I'm trying to go through the scores here. You, did you guys? Did you guys do? Did you publish a review on the Fine and Rare? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah. We re, yeah. So I'm not going to spoil anything. Yeah. I think uh, uh, I've been talking. We have, I haven't published my review, but I've been since talking. I've been very high on it, so I've mentioned it a lot already. 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't comment on where it is. I, I'd love to, um, if Aaron was here, Aaron could tell us where it is. I'd love to say something, but Aaron would be like, no, Seth, that's, that's not right. I right. Like, okay, know right. it's, it's understandable. <laughs> Aaron's, Aaron's the brains of the operation there. Yeah. He, uh, but, um, but no, I mean, we're going to, um, we're going to talk about a lot of cigars. We're going to get into samplers tonight. Um, you know, Seth, what, I mean, this is kind of an, this is kind of, you were starting, you and I have been messaging and you, you, I just, I'm kind of curious, you started kind of getting into these samplers this summer. So what kind of drove, what kind of drove you to that? I'm just kind of <laughs> curious. I was in total wine and I saw this guy who I've seen before going to Phil's and I think I was buying like a Jeep lighter because I just needed, I was buying a couple of them and I can buy my total wine. And he's like, Hey, I've seen you in, in Phil's. I was like, yeah. And he's like, what do you think of these, these samplers and so forth? And I was like, which one are you, you looking at? Uh, and he had an Alec Bradley one up and it had like the coil, uh, Tempest, the classic. I mean, it had a good variety. And I remember I purchased it a while back when I was like going out of town and I like forgotten to pack cigars. So I was like, I'll just stop at Total Wine and pick some up. Um, and I was like, listen, it's, it's a good variety. There's a, there's a lot of fun cigars in there. There's a lot of different things in there. Um, yep. So you're going to get, so you're going to get some cool experiences. Um, and when he left, I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to pick one of these up again. Um, and then I was like, I'm going to, you know, I saw they had some of my father ones and there's Oliva ones. And I was like, I'm going to just kind of go back to these. Cause these are, a lot of these are older brands that have been around for a long time. Um, and they've ended up in these sampler packs and it's, it was a good way for me. I looked at it as I, I, I want to revisit these brands. Um, I think so much we spend, we focus on new. Um, and I just wanted to go back and smoke some of these older brands and just see how they're smoking. Um, Cause if, you know, when they put them in these sampler packs, I'm like, you're trying to reach, I mean, there's a target audience, but it, you know, you're trying to take care of them and you're trying to make them as protective as possible for putting them in, in these environments, which are, you know, not hospitable for cigars. And I think they do a good job and it's just, I got into it and I just started smoking around and I came back to old brands and I was like, I messaged you. Cause I was like, Coop, man, you know, my father's turned it around. Uh, yeah. That was the, that was the one thing I said, I was like, I haven't smoked these brands in a while. And I smoked some, of my father ones that originally when they were released, I was like, I wasn't a fan of, but the tobaccos, tobaccos, tobacco's so much better. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. The cigars are really good. Um, but I was like, man, I got to come back to these brands just to see how some of these things smoke. So that's when I got into them. Um, yeah, not much more to it than that. No, it uh, then, you know, it just got me thinking, you know, and there's so many different types of samplers. And I think s s there's ones that have advantages and mm -hmm. there's some drawbacks to some of them um, that I thought we could kind of go through and, and talk about what makes some of these, if, the, if these are viable, good things. And we you know some good examples of them. Um, I have some visuals. I think you have some visuals yeah. too. Um, and so, Bear, do you have anything you wanted to add on that? No, what I, I think what uh, one of the, the coolest thing about this, this the show concept is that, you know, again, it's I think I, I look at cigar samplers is kind of like it's they're like the mopeds of the interest industry. Yeah. Like everyone fucking rides it, with, you know, but they don't want to talk about it. Like, <laughs> like there, it's there, no, there you don't want to admit 
that you're buying these samplers. Yeah, where you don't admit like, that you're. Dude, it's they're fine. overhumidified. They're not even. You know, people are like they're not even the ones they put in the boxes. These are whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah, whatever the case may be, but I think, um, I mean, for, I mean, for all the reasons, convenience, you know, exploration. I think it, there's there's good examples of samplers, and there's poor exa- battle, you know, examples yeah. of samplers. Yeah. Everything. So, and obviously, we're going to explore that tonight. So, I'm looking forward to it, just because, again, it's something that I don't think a lot of people will talk to, talk about. Um, and if anything, it kind of, I'm excited about because maybe our audience will get it will kind of get into it as well and it'll allow them to expose them to brands and cigars that they haven't tried before you know you guys should put this up before the holidays too we should do like a a sampler sampler recap before the holidays your sampler guide to what the heck to purchase for your when you don't know what cigars to purchase i think it's a great idea sure yeah And, and you know as we go through this i started thinking of some brands that really do need samplers where they there, are help. Some, there are some brands that I do think yeah. would benefit. Yeah. And I think, and I think there are brands like, for instance, Coop, you mentioned it earlier, Perdomo has really nailed this. Yeah. They've done a great job at, for, for certain, certain aspects of it. Yep. I mean, um, and I'll say this, these haven't been over humidified no. at all. I have not had, I've, and I have a lot of these um, and they're great. This, I, you know, I've had these for like a year. And I could, and I, there's still, this is smoking right out of a sampler from, from probably a year old and smoking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just the visuals and, you know, I think the fresh packs have really helped the sampler world is I think fresh packs have been a big deal um, to really make these very viable now. I think it makes it more available. Um, I think it's a good way of, I don't know. I would try if I were them in some companies, and I think there are. Is is looking to where can we put cigars where we where we don't really typically have cigars? Yeah, but you know, my my son when he worked retail, um, and they had those samplers up at the front at, at the front uh, register. Mm-hmm. They were immediately, and because they're in the fresh packs, right? So they can keep them there. They were immediately a draw to people. And I see so many people, they be they go into here when they buy something, they come up and they see that sample pack and they add it on to what they're buying. They That's do. a huge impulse it, buy, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, Bear, you've probably seen it too, obviously work in retail. And it's it's a, you know, we'll talk about it because it's a, it's a great way to, you know, to explore a line. I, I, and we'll get into some, I think there's some places where samplers have gotten, Unfortunately, it's it, there's some places where it does get black marked, and I'll talk about. I have some examples of those down the road too with, with some of those. So, but the first one I was going to talk about is what I call horizontal line sampler. Yeah. So this is a blend. In this case, I have the Perdomo 20th anniversary uh, Sun Grown here in different sizes, so you can try a different size um, and see which is the size you like. To me. I love that, especially if it's a new blend that I yeah. haven't had before. I love that because I can try one. And because Bear and I have the philosophy: size matters. And and I, I'm always does. busted on Aaron. Yeah. You, I, I kid Aaron all the time. He smokes the wrong size, but it's the truth. <laughs> oh, it does. Listen, I give Aaron a hard time all the time because you know I'll buy it. I'll buy the stuff. I'll buy a Vitola that we're not reviewing. Yeah. And I'm like, man, we should have done this. <laughs> I, like, I bust on Justin all the time from Diesel or, 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 or uh, STG. I'm like, why didn't you? Like, I remember the, the, when Whiskey Row came out, he sent, they sent us the Robustos and the Churchill 
was far superior. And but what happened? What happened with the S. Levero? Same thing. Uh, I they sent me the Robusto. You give me the Toro, and I'm like, yeah, this you're, is a completely you're, different. You're ragging on me, ragging yeah. on me for giving yeah. it such a high rating right. in my top ten. I was like, dude, smoke this size, and <laughs> it's different, man. Yeah, it hits so, different. So I love this. I love the fact that I can pick the size I want out of here, uh, and then maybe that leads me to becoming a box purchase or a regular ongoing purchase of you know a size I like. Yeah, uh, or it gives me the option of you know like time. Like I could smoke a smaller cigar. Like I'm smoking the Churchill from this. This came from the uh, the double age uh, twelve year vi- uh, vintage. Like I have time to smoke a Churchill size tonight. It gives you. It gives you like for someone who's doesn't know that line. It gives you an opportunity to see how it smokes throughout. Yep. And it's yep. right. And at the same time. Yeah. You know, oh, there's a Robusto, there's a Churchill. I can w- whenever the time's appropriate. Yeah. Um, but then for an advanced smoker like yourself, it, it gives you the opportunity to really smoke everything and be like, okay, which which size do I think is the best? Yeah. Now there's a drawback to this. Okay. Oh, hold on. Can we can we give, yeah. can we give Seth some props here yeah. for the restraint that he showed when you called that a Churchill and he didn't say anything? Well, that's yeah, what this is. Called. We're not going to. This is that that's name. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Perdomo Churchill. That's, that's a Perdomo Churchill. It's a, it's a seven two, by 50. What, seven by 50? Seven by, seven by 54. 54. We're not going to. I don't know. I don't even know why I said 50. Yeah, I should have. That was that was way too much. Yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, I was just trying to give credit where credit's due. That's all. No, I'm I, we are. We are no name council tonight. We are going to. We are going to be focusing on. Samplers. Yeah. Um. Here's the drawback with a sampler like this. This is not a great sampler to take on a trip if you want variety. Because you're going to be, unless you just want to smoke the same cigar over and over again, right? That's fine. Uh, But this is where I say, well, this is, I think, more where I like to keep this sampler at home uh, and kind of go through the different sizes with it and try to find my, my, uh, find the, the magic size for me. It's you know it's they also do I mean Perdomo also did like the um he has like a champagne yeah so not only like sometimes you know you can get into the whole Perdomo does so many like Connecticut ones like there's the Connecticut off multiple Connecticut's and or there's right Connecticut of the line and then there's also like one of like Champagne Toros and I'll say yep. one thing I see a lot of people pick up like the the Champagne Toro packs yep and then I, I know a lot of guys who golf with those. Yeah, and that's what I call the vertical sampler. Yeah. Where in this case, it's there's four sungrowns in this Perdomo pack. Uh, and there's a different one from, from different lines. And this one doesn't have the champagne, but I know the Connecticut one yeah, does. Connecticut yeah. does. This is a great one to take on a trip, I think, because, again, I'm getting four different sizes. And if, if I'm trying to explore maybe what Perdomo blend is for me and I like sungrown, this is a perfect opportunity to do that. It. You know, the other, this is the other thing I noticed with the Perdomo and, you know, people are going to be like, man, Seth's just giving Perdomo tons of compliments. Well, he deserves them. Yeah. There's, there's a Connecticut Habano Maduro. There's, they're all at different tiers too. Have you noticed? Like he's got yes. a lot 23. Yeah. He's got a Habano. Then he's got like, oh, let me go to the yeah. Connecticut. All right. Then you Sh- have the, sh- the champagne. champagne the AA, yep, the and then you have the 20th anniversary. Yeah. You keep moving oh, up and sure. every, and every Connecticut in here. Is, is, is different. Everything, everyone, everything has a, a, a unique quality and you can really pick up how each blend is different. Yeah. And that's, that's what the I was nice going to point. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to point out is just like for for like the three of us and for like a lot of our audience, like people who fucking nerd out on this shit, like the the the, the Perdomo samplers do a really good job of that because you can really you can really bear down and see like the, the nuance and the differences. And, yeah. And, yeah. and pick up something right. like it's it's just super cool. Now, da- Davidoff does something similar uh, in a couple of arenas like they offer. Um, they've they've like some of their holiday packs offer like like the Grand Cru signature and anniversario offerings yeah. and stuff and that's I mean and I know you're a big Davidoff fan uh, Seth and that that's that's a really great way to explain to a consumer for example like the subtlety different like like oh it's white label it's this it's Davidoff it's great cigar but it's the same thing no it's not no it's not it's, it's all it's all everything's and even when you go. I know Davidoff even does like some Vitola things. Then you just start getting the differences um, where you just get that wrapper and it's just little subtle differences, but you're still experiment experiencing and you're, you're seeing how everything rolls out. Yeah. Um, Which is fun. People think I'm Cravola crap one because I'm a grand crew smoker. I love grand crew. Oh yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I'll smoke a signature. It's not a poor quality cigar by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just, I, it's not my bag of tea. I'll, I prefer the grand crew and the anniversary kind of sits somewhere in the middle for me, but, but that's a really great way to explain that to, to, to people for people who think that it's the same thing. And there's just so there, especially with these, the companies that are so aligned kind of universally, like Perdomo has this, 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 this continuity between brands. Like we've been talking about Davidoff, the white label experience, other brands like that too. It's a really great way to explore and see like, what, what was Nick thinking? You know, what were the counters thinking when they, they blended these cigars? And, and it's just, uh, it's a really great way to kind of explore it. Um, I don't know if there is one, but you know, since I had this uh, earlier, this is some, this was an idea for one. I'm sure there is somewhere there's gotta be, but what a great experiment that would be to go would be to take the Casa Magna experience, start with the Colorado and go all the way through. I remember they used to have the ones with the Oscuro and, they, the, they, and the Colorado. They had, like, they had Colorado and they had some Oscuro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It's th- There's a lot of brands that I think could, they could make some samplers, which I think a lot of people, a lot of cigar guys would buy, yeah. especially if you're, if you're really into the brand you could really get into it. The Davidoff ones, I I don't need to buy those samplers. It's like stupid for me to buy them. You know, I probably have well, for you. All, yeah. yeah. I probably have all of them in my humidor, the, the, but yeah, it's fun to buy them around the holidays. And then you're like, Oh man, what am I going to smoke out of this box? You know, it's when I don't want to review a cigar and I want to put off a review for Aaron. I, that's, that's what's great about those. Yeah. Things. I, I mean, beg. I like I said, and it's just great when I could throw this in a bag. I throw it, but put it in my bag. Um, I, I've kind of these these hard case travel humidors are a pain in the X for me lately because like I, I don't have enough. They take more room up in my luggage, right? And I can protect. <laughs> I can actually protect this pretty good in my luggage. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then what happens is you know, the plane airlocks these things half the time, which is which is another issue. That's what screwdrivers um, are for, Coop. That's what we have. Well, yeah, I. Have, packing in my luggage the screwdriver <laughs> you know, so um but yeah i mean you know he was his, i had an interesting has, has padrone ever done a sampler they do the um they do the 6426 in a box okay that's yeah they do remember they do like um yeah they do a number well i was actually going to tell you all the vitolas they've done like a natural and maduro 
Okay. They do those samplers. And I think those are really big around holidays, or at least they have. Okay, they I have forgot Havana, about it. I was wondering Havana, if Havana Phil's, I know they have those, and the Fuente have like those really good holiday sampler packs. Oh, that, the Fuente holiday samplers are, they're in nice boxes. They just really present well. Barry, you're uh, the re- retailer. Am I correct on this? Yeah, I, I mean, I have, I haven't worked retail for a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm the one with the most recent experience, I think. Um, the, uh, but yeah, the Fuente, the Fuente holiday sampler is, uh, by far, uh, every like I would say by far it's probably the best performing. Uh, you're, you're talking about presentation. It's, it's a beautiful box. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about economics. Uh, it's a deal. You, you actually there is a, you're getting and you're getting like. They do have like they'll throw in like the Rosado Sungrown or they'll throw in a chat uh, like two chateaus, but then you get like freaking Don Carlos and a couple of opuses. I mean, it's it's you get you just, get you get you get a pretty funky opus, which yeah. it's yeah. like you're not going to be able to get. Yeah, yeah. like the, there was one that came out. It had the two opus twentieths in there. Um, yeah, yeah, there it's they. they yeah. And it's the interesting thing of it's the the sampler for the holidays and then just kind of samplers just for when you need a sampler pack. Um, They they need to do an Anejo sampler at Thanksgiving, which is when they all come up. The Anejos come out every year. They need to do an Anejo sampler. That's what you do. Do you you think if you're releasing them all in boxes, do you think you should do sampler boxes, too? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't go hog wild with it. Yeah, like, I, was, I don't want to. You wouldn't yeah. cannibalize it, but like, I mean, I I would probably buy. A, I would probably buy. Like I don't. I'm not crazy about the añejos as like a lot of a lot of other guys are. Um, so like when they come out, like I may buy them. I buy a couple, but like I don't buy them the way I used to. Yeah. It's just not a blend that's for me. But I will say though, if they did make like a sampler and you had like a whole variety, it would be easier for me to do that. That way, I could just kind of smoke a different vitola because there's a lot of good fun vitolas with that blend and that line um that i just don't want to you know smoke a robusto or something along those lines well um oh i don't want to step on special samplers are we talking about holiday samplers now are we i mean we, we could talk about I, you know, I, didn't even have, I didn't even have holiday samples on the list and i think it's okay like, so okay yet. so here's so my yeah so here's so my hot take yeah here's my hot take on holiday samplers um um and i like i like this company a lot I like their cigars a lot, uh, particularly a lot of their classic core items and everything. Um, I know Seth's going to agree with me on a non-holiday version of this, but uh, Oliva's holiday nub sav- sav- sampler is a is is a sham. It is. I'm do sorry. Do they do a do they do a they do a holiday nub sampler? They do a holiday nub sampler. So like the and they'll be like. It'll be like the nubs, and it'll be like this uh, a cutter or a lighter uh, branded nub. That's just, yeah. and it, the markup on it is just, it's just, it is, it is, it's clearly, it's clearly a bit to get nubs in the hand. It's like a gift you want to put It's a stocking stuffer. It's for someone to come in who doesn't know anything about cigars and like, oh, that looks pretty or that looks nice. I'm going to grab that and not think about it. Um, it's just not economically conducive. Like everyone during the holidays, like you're getting value like that. The Fuente holiday sampler that I'm talking about, like you're, you're coming out ahead. Not just yeah. because of the quality of the cigars. That's that's its own thing. But economically, you're coming out ahead. Um, and everyone else seems to do that. And for whatever reason, um, nope. Oliva misses that. Now, now, the, now the, the, I know we're going to talk about this. The advent calendar, I thought, was a steal. 
I thought that was awesome. I had my wife get that for me, the Oliva one. And I yeah. thought that was awesome. I'm like, can, uh, they could just get rid of every all the other samplers and just do the advent calendars. Yeah, I, 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 I thought, and I actually thought they improved the advent calendar uh, packaging this year compared to last year. It was a much better presentation, I think, this year they had of it. Where it was what like do they have in there? Like just O's, G's, a little bit of everything. Well, they threw. Oh, some, they had a little bit of everything. They, they had a, there's some limiteds they threw in. Like this year, they, yeah. like, for example, I know they threw in some of the like Melania Lanceros, which you know they're not really common, so they throw. And this year, I know they threw the new stuff in there too, Bear, like the, the uh, Cuba Aliados and stuff. So, right. and it was, I thought it was a fun, I'm going to talk about Abe's advent calendar a little later. Uh, I think the advent calendar is an absolute, I had a ball opening up Abe's advent calendar every day. I just had That's, a ball. It, it was something to look forward to every day. Do you smoke the cigars every day? No, I didn't smoke them every day, but I, I maybe I smoked uh, just because. I did with, I did with Oliva. I thought yeah. it was fun. Yeah, was I, cool I, I just could because with a review cycle, it's hard for me to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. but uh, but it was fun. I mean, um, and like I said, uh, I thought you know Pete's finally coming out with his right this year. Is yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete's has been that's that's gonna be crazy. Yeah, Pete's been doing it. Um, but I think it's a I, I think it's a lot of fun, and it's a, it's something. It's a, I mean, the packaging they've done on some of these things is amazing too. That that the Levo one this year opens up like a book, which I thought was pretty cool. You have uh, to have a really big brand to do that. To do that, yeah. Like Ro- Rocky could. He do wants it. something different. Rocky, yeah, Rocky could do Perdomo. Uh, Rocky. Rocky's got enough cigars. He could do an advent calendar and a menorah thing. I mean, and that's not that's not meant as an insult to, <laughs> I, to anyone. I actually it's was just that he just has that. so many. He's got so many damn well, damn brands that I actually wonder if with. someone would do the 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 ad and uh, the the the, uh, the menorah, and you just put the you have tubes. Like for each one of them, you know, that'd be pretty, that'd that'd be be pretty cool. cool. Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen, I've, I've seen a couple I've got of a Rocky like, bit come up. So, yeah. yeah. Rocky's got some, you know, Perdomo, again, back to Perdomo, he did some how, like, they weren't holiday samples, but he did these like connoisseur collections and that different, was, that was really cool. That was really cool. And they were a little fancier than the fresh packs, is what they were. Yeah. Uh, but he had like different ones. He had his like, what do you have? A Connecticut, a sun grown, yeah. And then a connoisseur the, one, which was his, like the best of the best. Who he award, yeah. his award winners, and like the box was, it was you know, it was it was cardboard, but it was a nice finish. The lock was, it was it was magnetic, so it was yeah. a beautiful presentation. Like it's it's all in how you do it. Like again, like it. I think the the the, the one of the big takeaways about samplers and stuff is like they're they're examples of of cheap ones, and that's I mean that's the the they those don't do well. They just don't like I've had those on the shelf and they don't do well. Yeah. Like they're like, you know, like someone's going to someone's going to pop $40 or $35, $45, $60, $100 plus. That's the, oh, that's the nice. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to pop that. Show, yeah. They're going to pop those uh, that amount of money for a sampler rather. I mean, I mean, we had, you know, a three for 15s and, and, and stuff like that. And people just aren't they're not they're not those don't move. Yeah. It's just. They're going to look for the nice, the nicer. It's just like anything else. They're going to look for the deal that looks the best. And there's an example of something that yeah. looks incredibly nice. And, and this is where I think the retail level is important. Like if you're bringing samples in, you want to make sure you're like when you get into November, December timeframe. And, you know, there's a lot of people coming in buying for someone else who don't know about cigars. Um, this is where I think you could really this is where as a retailer, you could put your sell hat on and, you know, yes. you, 
and and say, hey, here's if, the, if if he likes this, why not get like one of the if he's a Perdomo smoker, get him the best of the best here, um, and then he can you know pick something that he like. Or if he's a Maduro smoker, get him like a Perdomo. I know we're talking a lot about Perdomo, but I gotta say, well, Nick's done one of the best jobs as a sample is out he's, there. He's he's done it, and yeah, you know, yeah. Th- this industry is getting to a point where yeah. it's people like the variety. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, you know, it's committing to a whole box or yeah. just one specific thing is, is it's just not. Yeah. I don't think that many people do it. You know who does a good job with samples? Yeah. We haven't talked about it. Aaron I Nelson. think I think Roma Crafts done a very good job with their Catador sets. Yes, they focus on a size. They yeah. put out a release of the different <laughs> blends in the size, and some of them are unique to that sampler. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I was try- I was trying to figure out where to talk about him tonight, and I just t- and we didn't actually tackle this subject on Sunday. I just had George Rico on my show on Sunday, and I think his fresh pack is an incredible. Oh, they example were great we're about. fresh packs. He did yeah. those last year. And you want to talk about dressing something up, right? Because like again, it, like it's it's about the tobacco for him, right? It's the it's the vin- he he concentrates on vintage and and he does a, a lot of in- a lot of interesting projects. We had to great conversation about it but we didn't talk about his fresh pack but that's a really great way of dressing up uh you know cigars like the fresh packs look beautiful he's got that i wish i still had the box here he's got that beautiful label that looks great you know you know but he doesn't have the 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 the, he doesn't have the label right he doesn't have the label on the cigar it's it's at the foot band so you immediately take it off like look at that like that's it's very attractive looking and even like, uh, you know, even his, his petites, man. I mean, it's just a nice, yep. it's yep. a nice impulse buy. It's a nice grab. And it's a really great way to explore. Five. Yeah. It's a great way to explore that line. Like we were talking yeah. about. Uh, it's a, it's an old line, you know, it's an old, but really good line. That's just. Yeah. But again, you know, I, I know a guy up in uh, Rhode Island um, from my day job and he, and he loves the Corojo number five blend. Oh man, that's a what an easy gift. Too. Get, what an easy. I keep gift a box get. of that on hand all the time. I have a box of that yeah. always. I yeah. always have a box of number five. Smart. Yep, yep. And I uh, I, and like I said, I think the humidified packs are, are a great idea. And if you're worried about them getting overhumidified, just open the thing up. And most I I haven't had these overhumidification problems with these things as much as people have had. So I know. <laughs> they just open I, them up. No, I do. No, 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 no. That's that's how yeah. I do it. No, it's uh no the pro the the big one that I had the the big mishap that I had is during shipping is one of them burst, um, and it was um, it was actually when it was it was when Abe was doing humidified packs, smoke in. Yeah. And I mean I mean and st- I mean talk about uh, it's a separate separate discussion point but st- talk about s- stellar customer service. I called him up and I said hey I just want to let you know you might want to check these. Uh, and I took a picture of it, showed it in there and they, um, they're like, okay, we'll send out a new one right now. Like, yeah. and I, I mean, I, man, they overnighted that thing to me. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. that's where they just have, you know, that customer service that they have is, is second to none. But yeah, I mean, I mean, every single, I mean, every single cigar was destroyed. I mean, yeah. it was just, Jeez. and that's not, that's not on Abe. I mean, that's the, and cause it's not like he manufactured the bags. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into let's kind of add, let's add the third type of sample we haven't talked about yet. And I think it's dovetailing. We're getting close to it. I call these the special sampler where you you buy a sampler and I don't have one of these on me, unfortunately. But there's a there's something in that sampler that's unique. Right. And I'm going to use an example of one. It's, it's Seth's favorite brand, but I think it's a good example. Uh, Las Calaveras. 
They do that sample. Dude, you stole my fucking thunder. God damn it. Okay, okay go ahead. Dude, I'm going to take it. Oh. Barrett, you take it from there. Yeah. You what's, take this, from there. what's the sampler? I don't even know what the sampler is. Oh, go ahead, Barrett. Oh. I'll, let you, I'll let you take it. I, I don't so, every, so every year they come out with the Lost Calaveras, obviously, in the, in yeah, the, yeah. the three Vitolas. They also come out with the sampler packet. Really? Yeah. yeah. When did you start and doing it, this? Few years ago, uh, it's been a, it's been at least the last five. <laughs> I mean, listen, four. I'm not I'm not a huge Lost Calaveras guy, so that, that <laughs> wait, wait, is, I think it's a good story. What he does, no, this here. is this is cool because I mean, it, we're, it goes back to what we we're talking about ago, it's especially what I've and I, I know you have your own opinions about about the series, Seth. But that aside, I've I've said like next to the monster series, Lost Calaveras is like and and is is like that next one that up and coming like limited edition that comes out annually that has that, that kind of following and that popularity and everything. And this is a great way to do it. Now, Pete, Pete's done it too. Right. When I'm sure we'll get into that as well, yeah. but the, specific yeah. to the last call of errors, is it a lot, again, it takes the principles that we were talking about a second ago in the earlier segment and, but with an LE saying, Hey, check out all these, look, look at what the Vitola does to this very special cigar that we release annually. But and I, I think it's awesome. But there's one catch. There's one cigar in that sampler that is not available outside the sample. That's correct. That's correct. So yeah. So there's sometimes he's put a torpedo or a lancero in it. And of, I think that's brilliant. Of, I think it's brilliant. Of, of that, that blend. blend. Of, of that year's colors. Yeah. 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 And it's is is it just that year sampler? Yeah. He oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know if he he was adding on vintages i was like man that'd be pretty oh uh, yeah i think the, i mean well i mean they're one and done so yeah it's it'd be kind of hard to do that and, but. and let me tell you like because you know dave dave burke is a huge crown heads guy right he oh, yeah. go like he buys that every year that sampler and they go fast mm -hmm. oh i believe it i mean you, you build up a loyal fan base and you get people behind it you, you create a sample you're gonna sell it i mean remember when pete had the little black label samplers the little three label three yep. three black label but you had to buy so much at an event to get it um but people bought it because people wanted to get those black labels before it became regular production again yep or before it became regular production yep yep exactly and um you know so i that these special samplers are, are cool because you can get something you, you kind of can get something that you uh, can't get is what I'm saying. Um, I had it's, some. Yeah, it's cool to. It's. I feel like special samplers sometimes also really pop up at like events. Um, and I like I like that idea. I like I like when a retailer dedicates. Well, when you have an event, having something dedicated to those who attend, and having it be really good, um, is, yeah. is really something special. Yep. Um, and that's well, Black cool. Works did that. Yeah, Black Label. Uh, yeah, Oveja Negra has, has been doing that for their events and everything. Um, and uh, Brandon Payne, the new GM of Michaels, where I worked, uh, has, has actually doubled down on it. So he had he created an event sampler specific for the event, in addition to the event sampler that they were already providing. And so, like, the customer was getting like really extra variety and value for, you know, investing in, you know, in a purchase. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. The I just, monster mash. I just put up the monster mash, right? Um, and this I thought was one of the most unique samplers that's been done. I think Pete's done some really unique stuff, right? So what do you get here? You get 
each of the monster blends in a shorter Vitola than the than the original. And then they added this 14th blend called the Creature, which was specific to this. So you're getting like 14 cigars in a different size, and one's a completely different blend that you haven't seen before. To me, That's that was cool. brilliant. I thought that was brilliant. Great, again, great gift. Um, the, yeah. And and Barry, I think this. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Seth. I don't know if you smoked through the monster mashes. This is what I started. I've seen a great improvement again with the with the with the pepin tobacco with the, with these cigars. I have not. I know. I think June bought. I think June bought a monster mash. Yeah. Um, but I've heard good things about it. I've yeah, heard I've that... gone through about half of them already. I've got. Yeah. I, I came up to the. I'm up to the hide. I not sorry, the Jekyll. So I'm kind of going uh, horizontal here. There's but the yeah. mummy. You can see the mummy. Yep. I mean, and like I said, they've been all really good. I mean, it's again something special you're getting that you normally don't get. Um, you know, other other ways. Was was the mummy really? Is that in order? Is the mummy yes. the fifth one? Yeah, it is. Gosh, yep, this is going on. Two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. It's ten years since the mummy came out. Good lord! Now, do you yeah. remember how the mummy was originally released? Yeah. Do you want me to go get the 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 sarcophagus? Well, the okay. Box? But do you remember <laughs> yeah. what? He, but do you remember what he did? It was that mummy was released a little differently because he, he came out with little monsters, and the mini mum came out before the actual mummy. So if you bought right. the little monster sampler, you got the mini mum, and That's then the right. Halloween, yeah. So another like great way to kind of you know get people to get a sample is you give them something a little extra that's in here, uh, and I think these make better if you're if you're a geek or if you're getting to get a gift. I think these work out better than maybe getting these for an everyday smoke like we've been talking yeah. about the Perdomo ones. Yeah, there's like the the sampler grab bags almost, but I don't want to call them grab bags. There's like yeah. the sampler bags, and then you can you can really move it up into this level, which is yeah. I mean, this is I would say this is equivalent. This is Tatuaje's equivalent to what Fuente does around the holidays. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 I bought I bought three of these, man. It was a steal. And it's a I steal bought two too. of them. I bought two of them. Yeah. And I've been. Re- yeah. So there you go. I should have bought three, just one to enjoy because they've been so good. These monster mashes, uh, you know, and I, I honestly, I'm going to be honest. When Pete did the skinny monsters, I, di- I didn't like the fact he brought then started making those regular production. I, I really didn't like that. But because I think it took away a little from the sampler. I agree with you on that. Yeah. I think it's, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it regular production, yeah. but yeah. 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 The pudgy monsters were good too. That uh, was a great series. Yeah. And the Cazador size was, was like that one doesn't he's, get talked about. He did a Cazador yeah. size of it. He's done. Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff with yeah. that. Um, didn't he did the sampler of the, um, the Hunter, is that the Hunter Broadleaf you're talking about? Oh, the big Broadleaf sampler. The big Broadleaf sampler. Yeah. Um, I never, you know, I never smoked a sample. I mean, I've smoked some, but yeah, the massive, massive. Yeah, right, right. And, it just, and it just really gets to show you, like, you can really get into a sampler. Um, but it's just, I mean, gosh, you know, I forgot about how far this could go, but this, 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 there's goes. a lot. Of, yeah. There's I a mean, lot of it. Cause you have, I mean, you, you have horizontal, vertical, special, yeah. Holiday. You have you have we have another topic as well. Um where you talked about the retro. Yeah. Now retro I thought it was interesting. Retro, I think, is one of the coolest. So retro, my definition of retro was blast from the past. But there are some right. drawbacks with, with the retros. 
Okay, and that's what I want to – we can talk about those, but they are cool. And that's when they bring back a cigar that's uh, – and I just I was just going to put this picture up first before we do that. A cigar uh, that is no more, and you remember what yeah, it was? Yeah, it's cigar that's no more. Yeah, I just want to put a picture up of that broadleaf sampler. So there it is. That was it. That's a mess. I mean, that's a that's a. Oh yeah, that's because it, it was more like. What was it? Ten of each, or? Uh, yeah, I believe it was ten, ten blends, ten of each. Yeah, so that's like a. Huge, yeah, they they a collection, hundred cigars. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. That's not, that's a little bit beyond a sampler, but. So so yeah, these retro samplers. There were a couple of examples. Um, the first was the Avo Greatest Hits. Where... I remember that. Those were the LEs for, I think, most of the LEs. They, they didn't do the five at the time because they couldn't recreate it. Um, and then Espinosa did the Warhead sampler. My only, my only critique of the retro samplers is typically they're recreated blends. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be different. Yeah. That's where it's just going to be different. Like, if you're bringing something back, th- I, I, there's no way. You could try to get as close as possible to it. But you just can't you can't replicate it at times. Well, it's just yeah. I mean, that's just tobacco vintage. I mean, that's why Pete's very careful about these. The, I'm not to go on a too much of a diatribe, but like the the, the Frank Redux, and now he just announced the Drac Redux and everything like that. He's very specific because he doesn't want people to confuse. He was confuse telling me he had to tweak the Drac. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Like those things have to happen. Like. Well, like and well, like what uh, Bradley Rubin was saying. So, like the the classics, the Alec Bradley classics, which was released at the PCA this year, right? Like they had to, they had to go back and uh, like look, kind of look at the blends because, again, I mean, some of these have been off the shelf for uh, and discontinued for you know a decade, you know, yeah. for example. Um, the, I mean, the one, and then and he said you couldn't bring back actual vintage stuff because he, I mean, he even said, and I'm not. I'm not speaking out of turn here because he said it uh, was he had an age selects cabinet reserve. And he said it was just terrible. Yeah, I remember he was telling <laughs> he us that. Yeah, he was just awful. He's like, no, man, you can't. I mean, so you, they couldn't they couldn't do actual aged cigars, but they had all the it was a really cool thing. It was a really cool story because they had like all these labels that they found. Yeah, that they, I mean, they what are you going to do with it? So they, you know, they recreated the brand and the, the blend as best they could. And, and, uh, and they're doing it with these classics. And I think it's, I think it's a great exercise. It's pretty cool. Like I'll pick on these guys a bit here. Right. But here's a good example of one. I just don't think worked well. Um, the, well, it's not that they released a sample, but when they started bringing back some of the old Liberty blends as like retro blends, they weren't the same. They clearly yeah. weren't the same. I mean, at this point, they're using completely different tobacco. So, like, I'm glad they didn't release a retro Liberty sampler because it just wouldn't, dude, it wouldn't have been the same. Uh, the, Camacho, the Camacho Liberty series fucking jumped the shark like a decade ago, man. So, it, like, it, once Christian it, was out, it, I mean, they just Davidoff didn't seem to grasp it like, like Christian did. I think they just did it because it's been done. And they're like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's just, you know. It, it, it's unfortunate. Well, I thought they did a good job with the Avo one, though. For the most part, the Avo one was pretty good. Uh, there were a couple, like the Avo 22, I don't think they were able to recreate it as good, but but some of them I had never had. Some of those Avos I never had, so at least I was getting something close to it. I mean, it's, it's one of these things that 
you know, as, 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 as we've said, it's just, it's tobacco vintage, but it's still the concept of, you know, them recreating something and then creating a retro sampler, just yeah. trying to say, listen, you know, it's kind of a little something, something familiar. I mean, they probably have an idea of what it, what it smoked like. Yeah. I mean, they have an idea. Um, but you know, like for example, I never smoked the original Avo 75th. Right. So I had no, I had no barometer to compare that to. But, you know, I smoked the Avo Campanero and I was able to compare that one more because I smoked a lot of those. And I, obviously it was my favorite is the Avo LE 10. And actually, that, I thought they did a great job re- recreating that blend. Um, I still have several of those sitting in my humidor. Those, those, I had like three of those samples. I just I, I gobbled. You did. You, re- you really liked the, the Avo wrestler scent. Yeah, I did. I thought it was a good because and it was funny. They did it because they were closing out the Avo LE series and they were going to improvisation. Yeah. Again, I don't think that improvisation captured what those what those original ones were. No, the improvisations haven't been what the old LEs were. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I, I like that. I like um, the, you know, what was interesting. Did you the Espinosa one? Right. And there was one thing that annoyed me about the Espinosa Warhead sampler. So what they did is they took the first five warheads and they put them into a sampler. The, they put this challenge coin in it, right? Which I thought was cool, but I thought it took away from the sampler. I saw more people talking about the challenge coins than the cigars. Yeah, what's the whole point of putting the challenge coin in with a sampler just to have a coin? Yeah, I think it's just kind of to give it, you know, uh, they're throwing something different in. And there were different coins. There were different, like, you didn't know which coin you were getting. Gotcha. So, so there were like four different coins and one was like an ultra rare, like gold plated coin that, uh, but, um, but I, I had nothing wrong with that, but the problem was, um, the, the problem simply was the fact that it was, um, it was, it was just like, I thought it took away from it. Yeah. I think it, once you take the focus off of cigars and off of something collecting that people think, and you know, the cigars meant to what's bring, bring people together. Yeah. Like yeah. Coin, not the yeah. Coin. And I, I saw like, and that's not any fault of S I don't think Espinosa could have seen that one actually coming either. So yeah. well, that was my point about, that was my point about the nub holiday sampler and why it's like, it's just a sham dude. Like the, they, they stick this, this arbitrary swag piece that adds like nothing to nothing. And it's a it's a total it's a total money grab where if you whereas counterpoint not to, to tread backwards in the conversation but that's why the 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 advent calendar was just fact you know just immaculate um yeah because you're just getting something again to your point seth it's focusing on the cigar which is what brings us all to the table in the first place yeah yeah no i uh i agree with you on that um the other thing I thought that was interesting about like the Espinosa one, I don't, I was trying to find a picture. I don't, I can't get that picture up, unfortunately, is it came in like a really nice box, right? That box was heavy. So Dave Burke orders one, right? Not knowing how heavy this friggin' thing is. And I, I want to say it's like a $99 sampler it was. And he got like raked for, oh, for, weight, for, for weight when that thing got shipped to Australia. He didn't know that it was that heavy. Neither did I until, until I got one yeah that'll do it yeah gosh that's just that's just too much packaging sometimes so what's it what's a company that you think would would you'd love to see a sampler from yeah something like it can be on any level 
Well, just to just to one step, one more piece onto the classics thing, real quick. And this is something that you know you could you didn't have in the notes, but I think I think yeah. Altidus does a really good job with this, like the cubes that they do, and that the the line pieces like the Monte Cristo cube, the Romeo and Juliette cube. Like, there's some that you don't like. They haven't discontinued a lot of that some of that stuff, but like you get to see, um, you know. Um, like uh, if you're you're if you're an Altidus account, maybe like uh, Reserva Real is a really poor example because almost everybody carries it. But like if you're not an account that carries Reserva Real, it's going to have a Reserva Real in that pack, and yeah. so like you get to yeah. you get to sample that. And so there's a lot of these like because when you think about cla- uh, when I thought about when I, I thought I I read what you put up in the in the rundown coop about classics and stuff because when I think about classics, I think about classic brands. Like I think about like a lot of the uh, yeah the the, the the classic Cuban brands like Alt- that Altidus and and, and yeah. own, right? So I agree. Um, but uh, we can move on to, to to Seth's question. But yeah, that was one that I just wanted to add about classics. You know, I'll tell you one um, that I haven't really seen yet. Um, as a sam- well, no, there was one that I was I was thinking Black Label. He did do a sampler. He did the hyena uh, that that hive. Not how you know, the uh, hive he did. The hive. The hive. Yeah, the hive. That was a, that fucking was a, awesome. Oh my god. Yeah, but so, so he did do one. That's a bad example. Yeah, of I one. have two. I have two of those. They're awesome. Yeah, I mean, and that yeah. was basically the killer bees, but there was some other sizes that were thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, there was a bunch of stuff thrown into that one. I tried to get. I tried to get one of those from John. Um, who's that retailer in Florida and Miami that Hector goes to? Uh, Caribbean. Caribbean. I messaged Caribbean because they were supposed to get. Oh, them you should have. Let me. Yeah, I, he may still have those. He's got a bit. He's a bit. Alan, yeah, black Alan's label. Guys. That's where you always got to go to. Uh, yeah, Caribbean. But a uh, company that needs to do a sampler. Um, this is a really good one. I know it was on the rundown. I was thinking about it. I'm still trying to think of. Because Robocraft does a good job with that. I oh. I think. See, I think it would be a really cool thing if he did the. If he did the the Vitola thing, like with Chromagnet and Aquitaine, like all the way down, you could smoke all the differences. Like, oh man, that could be yeah, that'd be massive. Like, Jeez. yeah, like do a, a line like a horizontal sampling. Horizontal yeah, if you want to have the... some, if you want to have yeah. some fucking fun with it, throw a femur in there, like really check out the price. But yeah. man, it would be so fun. Yeah, yeah so much he, fun. he's he skip could really do a great horizontal one um there was and a while you, where you I eat that be, shit up too yeah oh but you know the problem with him he put it in some box that weighs like 10 pounds you know what i mean like yeah, those uh, boxes are heavy that he's got um, i'll give you a guy who who i think needs a sampler and he's ready to do it is, is soccer with dunbarton yeah i think Dunbarton. Do yeah well, yeah. he'd be good to have one, you know, a while there founded for, foundation. Yeah, I foundation. thought room. I thought room 101, um, you know, now it's a little bit different now with general handling things. Yeah. But the, for a while there, I was, you know, hope that he could because, you know, he had a bunch of stuff from all over. That would be great to. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, it would be a perfect opportunity to fuck the Yankees beat the Red Sox. God damn it. Um, um would be a really great opportunity and this is the time to do it when they relaunch the makeup of it of it with the rebranding is illusione yeah to reintroduce the consumer and also to garner attention from new consumers too, introducing them to the new branding 
Yeah, so I, I don't know, cool. Seth, if you've seen it, the new branding. No, I've I have not. Sorry, I, I, I will I, put a picture up. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you, Seth, about this. Whoa! <laughs> the pick when you see it in person, it looks better. That's is all I'm going to tell you, because it, it's more retail friendly. And as much as I was nostalgic about the old packaging, I think this is this is cool. Um, what is that but, supposed to be? The eighty-eight. That is the that is I believe the eighty-eight in the and this is the original documents. So what he did, and this is to Bear's point. Let me kind of show you this. The Maduro has a slightly different color. Uh, the Candela slightly different color. The Ultra was moved into this uh, line as well, slightly different. And then this is the Habano coming out of AJ that he's doing. So I, I Bear, I kind of like your ideas. If they did a sampler of these. That's another way he can because I think he, they're trying. He's trying to widen the appeal of the brand, and he got a lot of feedback from retailers on how to, how these would be displayed. And I think if he did like you know a Habano, an Ultra, a Connecticut, a I'm sorry, a Candela, a Maduro, and an original document Corojo, I think that would look really nice. Yeah, that'd be a good. That'd be a good thing to do. Yeah, I guess a good I mean, example, Bear. Yeah, because you could do like eighty-eight of all of them, then you could do a triple-eight of all of them, or something yep, like that. Yep. Yeah, and he st- here's what else he did. He standardized the sizes with all these now. So for the most part, most of the sizes are available in all the, bl- uh, all the blends. The original documents, I think he's got more than everything else, though. Well, gotcha. you know who could, yeah. really, could really stand to do, use, do the sampler from it? Again, kind of reintroduce. Oh, wow, he changed the all the names. Yeah, he did. Look, if you notice, oh, yeah, so you didn't see this. Slam double Corona, slam. Yep. Tri- yep. So basically, now he's using traditional. He's using traditional so, names. So basically, all my old Illusione bands, I shouldn't smoke and just hold on to them now. Right. So this is coming out next year. He previewed it at the show. Okay. Yeah. So and then you can see the Maduro's got less. You know, it's a little less than the Maduro. Oh yeah. Yeah. Candela's he, probably got like two or three. Right. Right. Candela's got four. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah they they added the Corona Gorda last year. Okay. So ultra. I, the ultra one was disappointing. I like the ultra names the best. I even though they're just simple numbers, but yeah, yeah, I like the numbers too. I, 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 like I would have, I would have kept the numbers and maybe just put like, you know, for Lancero HL. I would have kept that HL name in there, like the HL Lancero. Just do it like that, and then, you, then you kind of, I, that's what I would have done, but wasn't my choice. <laughs> but yeah, we did not, we did not have a vote on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could, this model could be followed because I'm going to go on another way with this discussion, but I think a lot of brands could stand to do it right now and use this as a, a reintroduction of it. Like I think Michael Herklotz could do this with Ferry Otego, right? You know, it I'm, wouldn't be a I bad idea for him to do with, with Ferry Otego, I, to be honest with you. I think see, it'd be a good way to get that brand out there. I would love to see him do a retro on some of the TAA blends. Ooh. Some of them have, that, you know, some of his TA blends go. have been pretty good. So, and that's yeah. something coming from you. For me to say a T, yeah, and, and, and I would give it to the TAA. I would actually give it to the TAA. Yeah. Um, and, and then that's another one. TAA could absolutely, they should, they should, they should figure a way to package a sampler up of every TAA's, one of every TAA cigar every year. And they don't do that. Why don't they just do a sampler instead of, well, because no one, they all want to. So, I'm going to toot my horn here for a second. I'm going to show you an, uh, what, what, what one would look like because I kind of 
Well, yeah, you, cre- you you basically create this group. But while you're bringing that up, yeah, I was going to say like another company, like an, another example, when you see companies make like new big changes, like it would be really, it would really behoove someone like Abe Flores, who does a lot of rebranding around his structure to yeah. do samplers. Bellotto, Tony Bellotto is announcing this new, this new brand with his name, right? So like Tony could do something with like some of his newer, his newer yeah idols and stuff i think it would be a really good stuff to do like that would be really great there's the taa i mean that yeah, would be just the, the problem is the taa has to figure a way to package this stuff they i don't they'd have to get someone to do the packaging of these things for them and i think that's the tricky part oh yeah that's, that's why it's just... tough to do it god why did what all of these people are like oh, i gotta do a maduro and a natural that's uh the floor yeah LaFleur and, and brickhouse did it too yeah and Brickhouse brought these ret- these were retro things that they had aging for years that they brought back in there. But I think this would like, and I said the same thing, the PCA samplers. They should have did with the PCA exclusives. I would have just done this. And I'm sure you could have contracted out someone to do like you pay someone to do this for you. Like you could find some company that would package these up in a box. And you just it's I know it's gonna cost a little more, but I think it would still be a good value to do it. Oh, they could easily, they could easily get yeah. it done. I mean, yeah. And, and why I have all this shit out there is because this, these pictures were get these were some of my most stolen pictures because no one put a, no one put all the TA cigars lined up anywhere. So then I started seeing this photo come up. So, so yeah. That's a, that's that one, you know, you know, um, you know, who would be a really great sampler pack. And I'm sure, I'm sure he's done something, but Garofalo doing a firecracker. I, I was that, actually going to go there, like doing the like that kills that 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 takes care. That of would be do that, the, bring the that retro. would be a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know some of them. Like, I know he's not doing stuff with Pepin anymore, right? But you can still do it with some of the other stuff. You know, you put in, uh, you have someone do. Yeah, you, know, you put the Kristoff in there. The 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 um, the band. Oh, the Wiseman Maduro Firecracker, which uh, Seth and Bear they have been sent. Just, you know, the wise man firecracker. I sent the firecracker okay. to Aaron and Cheers, I sent them man. to you. So, yeah, you guys have Two. some. I bought a box of those up. It was a good cigar, the wise man Maduro firecracker. Nice. Yeah. So. Still trying to think of other brands that would like do. Well, I mean, I would have said that, you know, they, they were they're in need of a really uh, a kind of a, a, a <laughs> an, inje- an injection of nut- of something into it. And they, and they did announce it this year, the fresh packs that Ashton's doing. I Ashton we'll did a, a great little... I'll bring that up. Ashton yeah, Ashton, did a great... Ashton's, yeah, Ashton's a good so one. What use. they did this year, I think should be noted. I'm gonna bring that up. Um, because I think that is one of the better, and it was kind of it was it was displayed very nicely at the booth this year. Um, what they did with their fresh pack samplers, I thought was um was excellent. So I have an example of that here. Um they do everything else too, like like I think of like Drew Estate, like a Herrera Esteli. Uh, you could do a Herrera Esteli one, yeah, with all yeah, that. With they, all they, that, they, yeah, they did, Drew Estate did some samplers. They just weren't. They just didn't get the attention. But here's the Ashton ones. Look how good those look. That's good. That's nice. Look the col- like Ashton did a great job at at tweaking their packaging the last couple of years, and they've just like you know they now they have colors and they pop much more. Um. You know, and I have, for example, I have an old Ashton sampler. Wait, San, Cri- San Cristobal. I think San Cristobal had a sampler for a while. Yeah, they had this thing. <laughs> like, yeah. And what was here's what was cool is it's a box, right? 
But inside the box, and I taped this to the back, are the cigars you get in there. And I just taped it to the back because it was a loose, like it was a loose on the back of the of the cello. And then right there. There you go. There you go. So, I mean, but I like the I like what they did with the these are the old pack. I like if you look at the bands, they're all kind of they get lost. Those colors really pop. I thought. I thought those colors were a great way to do the fresh packs. Um, so I thought they did a really good job with that. Um, I had a couple of others that like on the list too. Um, on my list. So, but I didn't have Illusioni. That was a good one. That was a really good one. You had AJ's done them, right? AJ's done some CLE's done them asylum asylum and CLE actually launched some at the show this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Crux could use one. Crux would be Crux good would to be have good. it. Yeah. Yeah. So th- more and more companies are doing these things. So they're yeah. obviously well, seeing that. JRE is another one. Well, I'll tell you, let's go, let's go back to Crux for two seconds because I love, I lump Crux in the same, the same concept of, of, of Davidoff. Okay. So Davidoff, they don't do a sampler. They do a five pack or a four pack. Right. Right. And that's, it, it, that's not really a sampler, but, it, but, you know, stretching out the definition it's nice it's a grab and go it's 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 convenient you know it makes it kind of nice so the um crux does it too with the, the way that they've designed their redesigned yeah. their packages and the boxes and stuff like i think it's really good um because before they were those wonderful mazos that coops love so much um <laughs> but now with the boxes like i just it's but the bu- but me, crux it's, did it's the really- mazos right they, they, even though they were mazos they were still in the box and they had their mazos yeah they were mazos yeah, i was box. fine with was that like, Right. No, of course. But like the boxes, I think, are just a much better look. And like and it, it's true. Like I grab I will grab a I will grab a box now of uh, like the five pack of crux. Yeah. Like I, I don't buy individual sticks. It's yeah. and that's not. And I mean, yeah, I want to su- support crux. But at the same time, like it, it that's 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 marketing that works. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's that because it's not even a subconscious thing by me. It's just something I yeah. go ahead and do. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, um, I think another company, small company, but I think they should make the investment is protocol. Yeah, they need you know what they need to they do the core line and then they do the and they, they do, do the lawman series, they do the lawman series separate, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, then, and just that way, yeah, the core line would help them out. That I think the definitely. core line would really help and fresh pack that you just put five in a fresh pack. And you, the lawman, I probably put in more of a wooden box, something like you know, something like this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, because that's a little more regal line. But yeah, I think they could really benefit. Because I think, I think they're cool. I think they have a lot of stuff right now for a small company. They have too much stuff for a small company, in my opinion. Oh, they got tons. They got eleven different blends. It's it's like a lot. I mean, for a company that size, that's that's a lot. Even though they only have a couple of SKUs, you're, you're getting up to about forty something SKUs they have. You, in that. you know where they could just fucking rake it in. Is if they did a sampler of their shop exclusives, they did it an outlaw day, like like uh, Crown Heads does once on a year. You release it, yeah. Holy shit! You know they, you know they would just they would or, sell out of those. Or you just go and say, hey, we've done this these shop exclusives for. I'll just pick famous, right? Here are the famous ones, and just do it that way. They'd kill it, even if even if it's exclusive for that store, they would kill it. They're bringing back. It's kind of you bring retro, you bring it back. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 
I wish they could bring back some of this stuff. Like, I never got to try Guadalupe, and I heard it was just fucking awesome. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sokka hated it. <laughs> so, it, it, was, it was good. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. You didn't miss well, it. I, <laughs> I love it one, but that was not one of the, your the better K, The K9 was fucking awesome, though. You and your 60 boy right here. So, K9 was good. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, guys, why don't we just... We got some more sample stuff to do. Why don't we shift into... Uh, one of our one of our sponsor segments tonight. Um, I know uh, this is our presidential trivia segment. Oh, um, here we go. All right. So and that is sponsored by United Cigars, featuring Adriana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo and the highly acclaimed Atabay Byron. And now this uh, recently coming out Alfonso line by United Smoke United Live United. So, Seth, in this segment, right, we we. Bear is like the historian of this show. Okay. He's a and historian. He's a historian. Okay. So the idea is what they came to us and we were, we did another segment and we, sw- they, they came up with the idea of presidential trivia um, for, bo- and we both run a presidential trivia show on each of our shows. Uh, Bear asked the guests it, right? Mine is we try to stump Bear and the guests can contribute to this. Right. right. And I know you saw some of these questions. Now Bear doesn't cheat on this, just so you know. He's asked, he, he does know in the notes what the questions are. Um, so he has a little idea, but he doesn't go and Google this stuff. I know that because we've stumped him. We well, stumped actually, him. I didn't look. I didn't look last week. And now I like okay. I was totally so, the last so, time I was so, totally ambushed by Jay Davis's question. That was fucking insane. But man. you got it. You got it right. That was fucking hard. Uh, it was hard. But, so what was this the question? It, oh, you got to know what had, states. What states came into the union under George Washington's presidency? Under George Washington's presidency. And, and he so got crazy. it. He got it. And it was tough. Bear was really doing deduction with that. One. Um, and he got it, right? So given the, uh, the queen um, has passed away. Um, queen of England, for those living in Queen of Iraq. England, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, the, the, the queen, you know, we call her the queen. Um, these are all related to presidents and Queen Elizabeth. Now, the question that will count for the stump question is the first one. The other ones are hard, right? I'm not going to count those if Bear gets some of these wrong. Seth, you actually got the hardest one right. Look at that. So, yeah, just, you know, you got it right. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So I want to see if Bear can get it, right? And I'll, I'll let you know what there is. So, Bear, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. In all the presidents that Queen Elizabeth met in person as queen, so there's no trick here. She met Harry Truman as princess. Okay, there's no trick here. Okay, because that's a great story too, by the way. And we can you could talk about that, yeah. But as all the ones she met queen, I believe there was 14. Mm-hmm. There was only one president that Queen Elizabeth didn't meet face to face. And I want to yeah. know who that president was. That's 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 actually pretty easy. Um, it's, it was actually a really big deal. Um, because that's why I have um, these hard questions to stomp them afterwards, but yeah, this, I, it, so there's a really, there's a really cool story around it because when, uh, when queen Elizabeth came into power, she, um, and was crowned queen. She met, uh, with Dwight D. Eisenhower, who will actually come up later, I believe. Um, and, and, and she also met, she also had, uh, John F. Kennedy and Jackie Onassis, uh, to Buckingham Palace, and um, they actually had a really, they had apparently a really great meeting, the four of them, her and her hus- husband, and uh, 
and it was really great. Um, but I, but it was, and, and she, she mourned his death. Like really, it really, it really hit her pretty hard apparently. Um, and so it was kind of, it was kind of almost like an insult. Uh, the fact that uh, his successor uh, never made an effort to meet her. And it was Lyndon Baines Johnson who never. Him, yeah, better gets it right. It was good. Good one, man. I, thought, I didn't I notice thought she, one either. I thought I, she didn't want to meet with him because of the Viet. I thought there was conflict with the Vietnam. There was, yeah, the, Vietnam had a lot to do with it, but a lot, a lot of people suspect that it was a little bit more personal. Yeah, um, I knew he because, he he was really unpopular in England, and they're like, if you show up, we're going to boo well, you. Because yeah. he well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's come out now about his yeah. his proclivities and and his personality and stuff like. Yeah, um, I mean, it's very well known. He he. He, I mean, imagine doing this in 2022. Like he loved, he loved, he loved showing his his member off. Like he just loved whipping that thing out. Like any chance he could get. Like just that was a funny gag and a funny bet, and he would do it with everybody. I mean, can you imagine like 2022, Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson doing that? Like just nuts. Like it's just crazy. No, yeah. <laughs> the guy grew his hair out after his presidency. That was the funniest thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that was a good one. And I think that was the other a good thing, one. Here's the other thing that's tricky about like the queen. The queen technically is not supposed to take a political stance, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So, you know, she yeah. had to be real careful with that too. Uh, so that's why I think they've always been kind of hush on what the reasons were with that. Yeah. Um, well, that's why it was very, it was very uncharacteristic. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that came out, she met with, she met with President Trump twice. And there were a lot of hardline things that that she was very very vocal about yeah. that they came out too. Like, yeah. I mean, well, and that's this is what's going to be interesting about King Charles the Third now, who's you know he was in line for for forever, right, seventy years, mm-hmm. but he has been very open and outspoken yeah. on political issues, and it's going to be interesting to see how his how his uh, reign is going to be now as king. But now he's not to, he could do that as Prince of Wales, not as king. Yeah, so it's it could it's going to be very interesting to watch that. The oldest the oldest crowned uh, monarch in in Britain's history at uh, seventy plus years old. There you have all the trivia. Uh, by the way, I'm into this royal family stuff. I don't know about you guys. I'm in. This is the one pop yeah, it's, culture it's really thing. Cool. I'm into it. It's very cool. I it's can't cool get stuff, enough man. of this. I've been watching Sky News for for four days. <laughs> if, uh, Sky, you watch go watch Sky News like on Pluto TV for free. And, yeah. and they they are like you, you want to learn about the monarchy. Um, they they've been going 24-7 on this. So all right. So the second question for you, Bear, and these are bonus questions, right? Because you got the you, you were not stumped again, but I think these are too hard to put as bonus questions. All right, so who were the presidents that Queen Elizabeth had meetings with who came where Queen Elizabeth came to the US? Which presidents did she meet in the US? And I will tell you, uh, there are four, not counting the Harry Truman visit as when she was princess. There were four presidents she met with, and one of them she met with twice in the U.S. Well, the first one that comes to mind is, uh, and it's a very, it's actually a very famous photo um, of her dancing with President Ford at the celebration of the bicentennial. Yep. Uh, so that is there, one. That is one. That is correct. So there's that one. Um, yep, good one. That's the, a good one. The other one, uh, she, her, uh, it was again. It was right after her crowning. She was the guest of the White House 
um, by uh, Dwight Eisenhower um, Man, shortly after two, she was crowned. So you got two. Dinner. Mm-hmm. You got two. Um, so Truman's not one of them. Truman, he was princess. Yep. Right. 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 So here's a cool. Sto- here's a cool story about that. The reason why I thought this was that was the one of the answers. So I gotta I gotta think about this for a second. So I'm gonna yep. stall while I'm telling the story, because <laughs> she he actually she actually didn't meet him in the White House. She never set foot inside the White House as princess. Uh, she was actually picked up by the president in his car at the airport, which is pretty cool. Um, and they there was actually a great ceremony in the Rose Garden. And the reason for this was he she was presented with this this really uh, this beautiful piece of art that uh, that actually hand it, it, it I believe it's in Buckingham. It hangs yep. in Buckingham Palace. Um, and uh, it was because the White House was undergoing some some pretty big renovations at the time. So that's why they actually did the yeah, ceremony. Do, do you know where she stayed? Do you know where she stayed? Oh, let's see if we can uh, get that. I have the answer to that one. Oh, I used to know this. Uh, you're you're going to tell me as soon as you tell me, I'm going to know it. Uh, did she stay as a guest at the at the vice president's home? Yeah, Blair House. Yeah. Okay. No, well, you know, that's not the vice, that's not the vice president's house. It's, he lives at the Naval Observatory. Okay. Blair I, House I, I, is right. Blair House is right across the street. I'll trust you guys are right on that. I knew okay. it was Blair House. But yeah, yeah, it was because of the renovations that were going on. Okay. So you got you have two of them so far. How uh, many? It was four, right? Yeah, there it's was four. four. Yeah. One was twice. So there's two more that she met with. Okay. She because okay, the, the like the logical thing, like if I didn't know that it was LBJ that she hadn't met, like the logical choice would have been Joseph Biden. Uh, but she actually had tea with him. But that was in England. She did not. That was in there. England. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she met with Trump twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump actually went to Windsor, who was it was the second time that a person had gone to Windsor. Ronald Reagan yep. was the first. They went horseback riding. That was a big ta-da. Where'd they go horseback riding? Windsor. Okay. Um, I'm going to fuck this up. God damn it. Um, you, got, you got two more you got to get. Uh, oh, God. JFK did not go... She did not come to White House Street. Do you want a clue? Yeah, give me a clue. Pecans. She came under Jimmy Carter. Didn't she? she I don't have. I don't have Jimmy Carter as one of them. Did she meet Jimmy Carter at the White House? I I do not have Jimmy Carter as one of them. Just so you know, I'm going by White House history. I thought she met. I thought she met Jimmy Carter. Well, the reason why I mentioned that is because well, maybe it's at the bicentennial. My father-in-law saluted her. Because VMI, the VMI cadets, he was the regimental commander, and he was like, "There's a photo he posted on Facebook. Yep. He he saluted her when she was." That's really cool. Yeah, I went yeah. to history.org, by the way. Well, Ford 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 was the yeah Ford was the bicentennial celebration yeah. that she came to the White House. Um, if you guys, that's there, really that's yeah, a really cool. That's story. going yeah. Uh, but two she met on U.S. soil. Nixon. No. I didn't think so. Damn it. You're going to have to give me these last two. I'm sorry. I don't know. Okay. It was President Reagan. She did come to the U.S. under Reagan. Okay. Yep. yep. And two visits with H. Uh, I'm sorry. There were five. I, I, it was I H. Was yeah. H-W. Five. I'm sorry. I keep saying yeah. five. There was H.W. Bush and W. Bush. Yeah. My mistake. Yeah. I kept saying it was two, but I kept I was mixing up the two Bushes. I felt like she met W in two different places. She met the- she well, W so, went. There was a very famous trip that W went to uh, after after nine eleven. 
went yeah. to England. Yeah. So they have um, 91 for H.W. Bush and 2007 with W. Bush. Yeah. Shit. Okay. All right. So there were five. There were five presidents. It was Eisenhower, Ford, Reagan, H.W. Bush, and W. Bush. One of those meetings, it says you got this right. This is the one you got right. Okay. One of those meetings, Queen Elizabeth did not meet with that president at the White House. See, I was so dead set on Truman. And then yeah. that. And, and Seth got, got even the bonus part right about this. <laughs> was it, it, was it, so was it, was it, was it W? No. Was it HW? No. Oh, shit. Well, then fuck it. Before no. HW. Reagan. 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 Huh. Where'd they meet? Where'd, where did they meet? And this is the part you're really going to, you're going to go, what the fuck? And I think you, you kind of went there already. Reagan was a cowboy. Reagan was a cowboy. They both had an affinity for a particular animal. Horse, yeah. Horse, horse riding. Yeah. 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 Horses. Yeah. Yeah. They okay, met, cool. they met at Rancho del Cielo in yeah. Santa Barbara. Yeah. In 1983. <laughs> so, I knew so part of when I, the, yeah. I, yeah. That's yep. cool. Yep. Wow. So that she was, traveled to a lot of countries. She went to a lot of places. Yeah, she was really well. I mean, she I mean the probably one of the most famous ones is I mean, um her and Diana um uh went to India with to meet Mother, Mother Teresa. That's that right. Her. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and she was you know, obviously she was the most traveled queen probably in the history of the monarchy. I mean, of course, she was yeah. in Africa, you know, when she found out she was going to be queen. She was in yeah. Kenya. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really interesting, guys, because Prince Charles has done a lot of traveling in the Commonwealth. And the, the you're hearing some some rumblings that some of the Commonwealth countries might pull out in the next few years. Like, I don't think Canada or New Zealand will. But I'm hearing like maybe Jamaica will. Jamaica's pretty vocal about it. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, I think, just kept it because they respected the queen. They don't need it. They don't need they don't need it. I, I don't think Australia is, you know, the other one. And I really didn't get into it with Dave too much. I'm, I'm sure Dave's not a monarchy fan, knowing Dave. But uh, I didn't really get into that part with him yet. But I think Australia is the other one that's kind of a big one. Yeah, Australia, I knew Australia is like. But New Zealand's the opposite. New Zealand's very much like Canada. Yeah, man, those all, those all blacks love the Queen. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, I, I, but I think it's a, it's going to be a very interesting time that you know there was things you got to see, like the whole Ascension thing oh my was gosh. on television that no one ever saw that before. No, one's it's ever never seen because. It. Queen Elizabeth was when she was. They weren't doing television back then like, to the rate oh. they're doing it now. The coronation, oh. I think, was on TV, but that's a different thing. The coronation will be interesting. Well, uh, they filmed her father's coronation. It wasn't. It was. There was no television, obviously. Yeah, but the ascensions but, they've never filmed because that takes yeah. place behind closed doors. That always took place behind closed doors. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool but, stuff. Uh, but she'll probably yeah. be the last queen in my lifetime. I don't think I'll see another queen in my lifetime. Like, I'll no. be curious to see if I get if I'm old enough where well, George becomes king. But that will be I'll probably yeah, be pretty old by then. Because it's William. Cause it's William. And then yeah. his firstborn is George, right? Right. George yeah. is the first is the one. So, yeah. I mean, 
I think we'll how, see another. How old's William? How old's William? 40, 40. 40. It's 40? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, it look, I think, I, th- I don't think Charles is going to, like, I don't think Charles is going to kick the bucket anytime soon, but I think, I think he's just going to give it to his son at some point. It's going to kind of be like the, he has the a different bed. view of the monarchy than, than his mother did. He wants, he wants to scale it down a little he bit. He wants to scale, like, basically, there was, they've been talking a lot about this on Sky TV, like, the brothers, like Andrew and, you know, Andrew's got his own issues, but even Edward, I mean, you're going to see him scale down the monarchy a lot more. Yeah. And even Harry's sons were not given royal titles. Like they weren't given prince titles or anything like that. So he's going to scale that well, they, down. They, re- they renounced it anyway. They renounced it, yeah. They yeah, can, I mean, yeah. I, I, they renounce it, but I think they could get back in if they want. Uh, Harry can get back in if he, like, yeah. if he needs to. Yeah. Like what would happen? Yeah. If something happened to William. It would, Harry, it would, you know, it's not but, even but, William. It's William and George, and then their right, other three kids. There's yeah, like four, right. There's like yeah. five people in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, George I mean, and William can never fly anywhere together anymore. No, no, definitely not. And, Maybe they can never do it. I don't know. You know, and, and the other thing I didn't know. And I Wait, know what? what? Kind of, George, George, and William, George and William can't fly on the same airplane anymore. It's like it's the same with yeah. They just can't do that. It's like yeah. They don't want to have the successor. Like the queen never flew with Charles. Interesting. Yeah. They never traveled outside that. the country together, if you notice. I, I, mean, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you can ride in a carriage or a Land Rover, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I'll just say is I didn't realize how unpopular Harry became now in England. Harry's hated in England. He's I didn't not, know that. He is very much. Yeah. They don't like what he did. They don't. The British don't like what he did. They don't like the fact he went to the U.S., and then he went on Oprah and they didn't like it. He's very unpopular compared to <coughs> he's the most popular one. Well, yeah, I mean, and he served, too. I mean, isn't he like a documentary or a book coming out, too, or something? Like that? Yeah. Yeah. They said like, this yeah. 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 But I guess I've followed this a long time. I remember you guys. I remember the wedding of Princess Charles and Diana. And Prince Charles was an absolute boob back then. Like he was just this bumbling, fumbling son. Right. Just and to then? see him, to see him now, I would have never thought that day would come. Like I think a lot of people in Britain didn't see that coming. And everyone, the word out of Britain is he's handled everything perfect. He's well, doing a good job. In the in the in the nineties, there was like talk about that he would never be king. Oh, there was talk that yeah, give it to William, like, yeah. pass it to William. There was actually talk of that. Um, I mean, I there was the, recent. There was recent talk yeah. of that, but but like but, in, back in the nineties, yeah. I mean, I remember very vividly just like listening to like broadcasts where the topic would come up and yeah, and that would that was yeah. that was a, that was a discussion point. Yeah, back then. it w- very much was a big topic. Like you know, they skip him entirely. Yeah, uh, but I think Camilla's helped him out a lot. She I think has. Cam- she's been a good influence on him. People don't realize she, she was an evil woman, but she underwent this uh, she's transformation. She was the home man. She was, she the was home wrecker, but she. And the queen hated her. And then the, the queen started to warm up to her. And I think she played ball with the whole only, thing. And, and it took a decade but, and a half. But. It, it did. But, you know, I think to see like King Charles, like, and I remember this fumbling guy, like before the wedding, he was an absolute boob. They were, they were killing him in the tabloids. You go into the supermarket, right? And you see these tabloids and they, they would, there were stories about Prince Charles at the time. It was just, it was, it was, I felt bad for the guy in a lot of ways. They just would kill him back then. Oh, he's he he he's been he's been roasted pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, he's been, um, but in least he, 
But, you know, he stood up to the queen with Diana, making sure she had that state funeral, like, and got the, got, you know, he, he stood up saying, you know, when, no, she's, she's going to get a Royal yeah. funeral. Yeah. And he stood up for that. And uh, I think that's when it started to turn for him. Because if he would have, if he would have taken a stance against that, he would have been done. They would have ran well, out. Of then he said, I'm going to marry who I love. Yeah. Cause he's always married Camilla. I was always loved Camilla. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, lots yeah. of change. Yeah. But anyway, that was our president's uh, segment with a little uh, royal family mixed in here. Bear, do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I, I'm just I thrown, man. I thought that I thought you were throwing a trick question at me with Truman, so it kind of threw me. No, I, that's why I, I, there's no. I'm never going to throw a trick question at you. So if there's something that's ambiguous, I'll tell you that up front. Like we're not going to count. Yeah, I thought that was. It's a really the the Truman story is really cool. Like yeah. how she was. Uh, yeah. I mean, and. I mean, can we can we just say something like like the, in 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 respect of her memory, uh, like Queen Elizabeth was a knockout. <laughs> she was gorgeous. Then she became a uh, hag. Then she became a hag <laughs> later on. She, yeah, she got older. She was in her fucking nineties, man. Give her the lady no, a break. I mean, like she, yeah, like around eighty, eighty one. He was well, this haggy there was type. This, there was this pic. There's this picture right where, of where she's riding with Reagan, right? And then, yeah. and then there's this, there. Um, there, uh, I saw another picture of her with HW, right? Which is not too long later. And I was like, I was like, damn, she aged quickly. And it was actually her mother. It was the Queen Mother. <laughs> That's what I was like. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, I, th- I thought she, I thought she aged gracefully, man. And the last photo of her alive, meeting the 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 new prime minister. Yeah, like I mean, dude, for ninety six years old, man. I mean, I mean, I mean that. I mean, she had incredible helps, posture and stuff. Helps, like, I was helps, like, she has better posture the, than I do. Helps when before the, she died. Helps, that's helps when you're the queen, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Two days before well, she died, that, that, no, that first meeting took place. Which yeah, is, that's yeah. You, you could tell that it, it was almost as if she was holding on as best as possible just to get that to get that piece. Yeah, because even at it. the jubilee, the platinum jubilee, they would you know she didn't. There was limited participation in her with that. Well, you know, it's the, gosh. I mean, yeah, she had to except the new prime minister. Otherwise, God, I guess Charles would have to do it after all everything go, that goes down. Yeah, yeah. But she was still meeting with the prime. Like she still was signing the documents every day that needed to be signed. Like, you know, in her ni- at 96 years old yeah. and had her wit. She had her wits, apparently. Yeah. yeah, more than her grandfather did. That's for damn sure. He was losing <laughs> his shit, man. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. But no, it's a it's a fascinating thing for sure. All right. So that was our presidential segment there, sponsored by United Cigars. Hey, let's get back to samplers here. So uh, I have a few more I wanted to talk about here. Um, And I want to talk about retailer samplers. All right. And these are the ones I'm the most critical of. Right. So these are the ones that I tend to not be as excited about. Oh, yeah. I didn't even the grab bags the grab bag i mean the I grab even, bags would take this down because gosh, this is I what want to this, think yeah, about I, it. I think with the companies that do them right for the most part there's an objective they're trying to do retailers so, are trying to dump stuff they're trying to dump stuff so what you tend to see is you tend to see this sampler that has one really good cigar some average cigars 
And then no, there's just fucking bedlam of bullshit. Then there's the bedlam. Of, okay, it's just it's just a bedlam. It's one of these. It's, I mean, every once in a while you can find something which you're like, man, I like that cigar, but it just didn't sell. But for yeah. the most part, it's just kind of. You know who does? You know who does retailer samplers, right? It's Corona. They do a great job with their samplers. Like their their f their FSG sampler is fucking awesome, man. Yeah, you've got the anniversary blends, which are like pretty like affordable fsg cigars but there's he's got a sampling of everything he's even got the davidoff the 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 i mean the the davidoff florida sampler it, i mean it's marketed as a davidoff right that's all jeff yeah and that's and it's fucking awesome but yeah. no like like no the bedlam of bullshit that i talk about is something like the, what fucking ci does yeah where they oh just, yeah they just dump horse manure into a like a bundle yeah, they just, got, they just got. They just got. They just got You got to get rid of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been getting rid of the same shit for two decades, Seth. Yeah, oh, I know. Like, I know. I know. You know, it, it's like I remember, like going back to EP Carrillo, and I remember some retailers doing EP Carrillo ones. So, so they had like a new wave Connecticut, oh yeah, core lines, and then all of them seem to have an East Stunner in there. Because <laughs> remember the East, I, which. Actually, I didn't think it turned out to be a bad cigar, but at the time it was complete mess for EP Carrillo. Worst cigar uh, was, ever done. Yeah. It wasn't the worst it, one ever done. It was it wasn't as bad as the TAA from last year. No, yeah, see, we I knew we were gonna bring in we, we were gonna bring up EP Carrillo. We're gonna get <laughs> but, into this dude. East Star is the worst thing he's ever made. No, Period. it aged good. I'm telling you, it aged good. It ate, but it took a year to age. I even thought it was fine. I was talking <laughs> well, to Gary It was available on the shelf. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what they would tend to do is let's put oh, something yeah. in there to get it off the shelf, right? And uh, that's where, like, you you mentioned Jeff, right? Here's the other thing I love what Jeff does with his samplers. And I think, Seth, you've seen some of these. They do the tasting packs. Yeah. They package it with, with a liquor, and then they put a theme around those, right, to try yeah. to come up with cigars that pair well or in the same genre of that. You know, so they did an Irish whiskey one, for example, and uh, I thought that was a really good one. Uh, you know, and they threw some sample cigars that, that paired well, and then they did the um, the uh, like they threw a candela in there, right? I, I guess that makes sense, right? But I thought those were very, like they, they did. This, what is it? Corona's got that candela that the anniversary, the Corona branded candela, which yeah. I think is a pretty good candela. Well, I haven't seen um, it. Well, I'll give you an example. I mean, probably obvious bias here, but there was no hiding of what we were doing at Michael's. We called it the semi-annual wake. <laughs> because it was sad because we would have a, we would have a, we would have it sometimes depending on the year uh, we would have a quarterly, but mostly semi-annual or we would have the, the table out and we would, we would blow out some stuff because I mean, it, we, Michael's has a great humidor, but it's a limited amount of real estate. And, you know, with the influx of new, new product and everything, new brands, you know, there's only yeah, so much room. room that you can do. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it, we called it the wake because in a lot of cases, a lot of us had to say goodbye to cigars that we really liked. So it, it was just, it was one of those things. Um, yeah. So it was, um, it, it was, it was kind of bittersweet in a lot of ways, um, but it was, it was, and it was all, but it was fun. And we, we, we made fun of it, but we had fun with it, but there was no, there was no hiding what we were doing with it yeah. either. So, yep. I brought up the smoke in advent calendar, which is one they did. And there were no duds in this thing at all. I might not like some of the blends, but they were, they were all pretty much cigars that sold well. And what they did, which was really cool is you had a difference. I don't have the cigars in here, 
but they did it for one each day and they were in price order. And then if you got to the bottom, there's a big door. And that was a Padron 40th anniversary that they drew in there. So, How did you keep that shit humidified, man? No, I took them out. Like, like, like after, uh, no, I kept them. I shouldn't say it. I kept them in here, right? Because there is a humidification unit in here. But I took them out one at a time. And then I put them into the, my humidor. Or oh, okay. I smoked it. Right? But in the back, and this is the part I didn't like about this, is I wish it was a replaceable humidification. But there's some unit. I think it's the same stuff that goes in the fresh packs. That, that's oh, I see what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't replace it. I thought I thought it should be. Re- I was telling Abe, I think it should be replaceable so you can still use this if you want. Right. You know, and then you can use the box, but it wasn't like that. But there were no duds. I mean, I can just tell you that there was uh, there were cigars that most of them I would buy. You know, I think, for example, there was like an Alex Bradley Max was like the first one. Uh, and I like that cigar. It's a decent cigar. Then there was like a, a Manzanita. Which I'm not a fan of that cigar, but it's still a fifteen dollar cigar he threw in. I was there. gonna say, yeah. 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 Um, but no, I thought it I thought it was all pretty good. There was some Ashtons in there. Um, um shit. Okay. There was a there was Perdomos in there, you know. So it was all stuff that I, I didn't think it was there was no real junk in there. Like some yeah. I may like better than the others. So I think Abe did a good job. He didn't try to throw he didn't try to just stuff in he didn't shut stuff in any of his exclusive stuff in there either. He did all all regular stuff. Nice. Yeah. Um, I really don't want to go backwards in the conversation, but I think it deserves merit um, discussion and stuff. Uh, it was basic. It was for the retailer. Uh, it was done especially for the retailer, but it was it was done in an incredible fashion as a joke. Uh, but uh, and it's great because Seth's here because we could talk about it. But um, we should have mentioned this earlier, and I apologize to the audience. I don't mean to go back in the conversation too long, but the STFU sampler. From that was right. So that was actually heading into the next topic. So that's perfect. Oh, okay. Shit. But no, that's My it's bad. perfect. Uh, and that's basically what I call pre. Well, it wasn't really. Maybe it's not the next topic. But the STFU sample was a unique one. Because I mean, one of those was the blue, right? One of those was the brulee blue. They were. Yeah. Yeah. They were. One was the actual brulee blue, but then there were just variations on the sweetness of the cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me. We did that on the air, and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just you, because you, that was the whole thing where Saka said, um, What do you say? He's like, Because he, that's what the whole thing came out about the sweetened cap. And he just said, All right, I'll do one with no sweetener, a single layer of sweetener, and a double layer of sweetener. All right. <laughs> did you go through that, Chad? Um, I did not. I did not smoke all those. It was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. He, he, he was getting criticized for it and he turned it into a moneymaker. Yeah. Yeah. No, he did. He did a smart job with it. And it actually, the STFU says, Saka, taste for yourself. Fuck up. That's exactly what it meant. Taste for yourself. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cleverly disguised. I don't, have a picture. I don't have a picture of that one, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't have the picture of that one. But yeah, well, and they each had STFU and then an exclamation point was the fifth one. And they were each the Sober Mesa Brulee. Uh, they weren't the blue. It was the Sober Mesa Brulee, all six by 52s. No, but there was there was one that was two. There was two. There of one. one that had the double. It had double sweetener on it. Two of them had double sweetener. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew there was I one. Mistake, I Saka I... did do a sampler, but it wasn't a true sampler. It was I like think... stuff. That, it was like variations of it. Aaron bought it. I remember Aaron bought it and smoked it. I think. Yeah, we smoked. We smoked it on on a show. Bear and I actually went through all five of them. 
yeah. you know, and we, we had to put them down. Before. Like that was the only bad thing about that is we, we went and um, that was the unfortunate thing is we couldn't finish the cigars that night. Um, cause they were, they were, inter- it was interesting. What did we get? We got each other got three or five, right? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. inverted to, I inverted the last, I think I did the same year. thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, introducing new product is a, is a really cool, really cool concept of samplers. And I think, I think the, the best, uh, I, I think on, and it ended up being a, a really big affirmation for this person in particular because uh, he actually liked the cigar that ended up being the most popular and he ended up releasing. But the Space Fresh Packs that Omar DeFrias did with Fratello was was pretty brilliant. You know, had the yeah. Ar- the Arlequin and he drew the uh, Arlequin and the Sorella in there. Yeah. So and, he had he, yeah. So he had two cigars that were unreleased, and then he actually ended up releasing them. I released the 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 uh, Arlequin. He had he didn't really release the Sorello. Yeah, he did. The Sorello went to Europe. Gotcha. Yep, the Sorrell did go to Europe. <laughs> well, he made he made the right call for the United States. But he changed I, it. He box pressed the Arlequin, and the one that was in the pack was round. Correct. It was still the better blend. Yeah. Um, and it was that, the one he likes too. Like, yeah. which so it was really what the point is. Like, it, I think what I, I I should have asked this when we had him on the show, but I mean that I mean that was a that's that's got to be a huge affirmation for him because that was the blend that he liked. He preferred. Right. Not that he, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but probably not that he didn't like necessarily Sorello, but he was very clear that he liked the Arlequin Ben blend. Um, yeah. Arlequin, excuse me, blend. And so the fact that he was able to release it was, I'm sure, was a really big point of pride. But I've seen some of these sometimes not good, right? Oh, like, yeah. Um, so, for example, like I saw Avo did a sampler a few years ago. And it was well on some of that Coraline stuff. And they threw in something called the Avo Mystery Cigar, which was unbanded. And you had no idea what that was. I mean, it could have just been something lying around the factory. Right? And it was unbanded. And it was, you know, I, I don't fucking, know. It was a fucking Fuma. <laughs> just like someone's and it wasn't, it wasn't memorable. And it's like, I don't know. I don't, those don't really excite me. Um, you know, so I kind of, uh, it was called the Avo Quartet was the, was the cigar. And uh, I have a picture of that one here. Actually, this one was banded, my mistake, but I'll show you what it, how it looked. So it was this Avo Quartet. And uh, one of them was the lounge cigar that came in there, the Avo Lounge cigar. And then this AU-14, which they never talked about what it was. This just looks cheap, man. It, it I didn't like, look like an Avo. I, I didn't like that, right. But along those lines, guys, then there's this other concept of samplers. Hey, we're going to give you from the same fucking. Oh, here we go. Do it. I'm not going to steal your thunder. But no, you got, go. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. Go. So there's this. We're going to give you a, a sampler of cigars and you're going to pick the blend of the size. And I could just tell you, I've never seen this work ever. No, there's too many opinions, and it's it, just... it, it, it never works. Um, for example, for example, here EP Carrillo just came out with one at the show this year, so this one's just getting released. It's called the Platinum Collection, and what you see back here are, are there's like three EP blend EP Carrillo blends, and you're gonna pick which one they should release. 
And Seth, remember they did the CAO one years ago, the CDA, <sighs> right? It's just and and it became CAO Hurricane, and it just died. Well, they uh, La Gloria did it. General did it with La Gloria, uh, Lady of the Leaf. Raphael did it with Aging Room, and it didn't work, right? Um, they did the Wild Pack, right? Um, to me, inevitably, someone's like, "This isn't the blend I picked," and they just put it down. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it ne- so yeah, it doesn't work. And a lot of times they don't even tell which is the winning blend. Sometimes I've, I've just I've never why, seen it work. Why is this so hard to understand that this is the shitty concept? The reason why we like cigars is because people who know a lot more than we do make these incredible products. Right. Why would you let me choose what you want to release? I have a good palate, and that's great. Seth has a great palate, and that's great. You have a good palate, Coop, and that's great. Just don't but let us pick. Don't let us pick the. Don't let us pick car. it. No, I. It, <laughs> don't don't put I, that I, pressure on me. Robert Holt is doing did one with the peccadillos, right? Um, I mean, he tried to put a little bit of a contest around it too. I, I just, yeah, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it just never works at all for me. Um, it it's just, uh, I don't know. I just, I've never seen it like be this great success. Um. There was another one. I'll show this one. It doesn't have all the cigars in there. This is one from German engineered cigars. And this one, they're telling you to pick the size. <laughs> why Why would you? I, I don't know. To me, they're, and they're doing a Perfecto, a Corona Grande, and a Churchill. Oh, gosh. Right? To me, you got to, you, the best interest of your business is to release the cigar in the hold size on. it's going to sell. And it's, it's hold the, hold the phone. A brand that almost nobody has heard of that's way new to the industry is tapping their fans. What fans do they have? <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> no, come that's on. What... No, come on. Look, I'm look, I know that sounds are like, you trying, trying to get to consumer be... engagement? That's I'm I'll, not I'll trying. Play... Yeah, okay. I agree with you. you. Wanna... Oh, you want to play devil's advocate with me? Okay, fine. You're trying to get consumer. Okay, all right, cool. Um, all right, so you're you're tapping into an unknown of of people saying you want you want consumers to come to your product by saying oh yeah you you get to choose okay so all right I, i'll i'll bite as a consumer that might be a peak of interest to me but like what are they hoping to what are they really hoping to accomplish to get they they think that they think that those those consumers will be it, it it'll be the same problem different story that seth just mentioned a couple of minutes ago because what's going to happen is you're going to attract this group of new let's just say a, a thousand new smokers to german engineered cigars okay over half of them are going to be wrong. If you've got three, over half of two thirds of them are going to be right. wrong. Right, that's a good point. It's a very and, you, and then you lose two thirds of the group that you just brought in. Rather than making right. good shit and attracting that thousand, uh, you know, organically, and then you have real committed smokers to your brand. I'm not. I'm not. Look, I'm no, not trying to be it's, an asshole. It's, Develop no, you're it's, it's right. Just, I agree with you. I, I think it's a terrible concept for any, whether you're new or older company. It's like you're, Barry, you're absolutely right. Just release what you want to release. Right. Just don't, how, don't, how, yeah. don't throw it on us. And then if it doesn't go well, complain, well, you're the one who chose it. That's what it is. Right. And like what EP Carrillo is doing, I don't have a problem if they release it and then they decide, let them decide which one it's going to be. Right. But, you know, Again, but Barry, you made another point. Then you're alienating the people who voted for the, like, 
Here's a great example. At the first Lizona Palooza, they, they had people pick the blend for the Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog, yeah. I knew this was and they and, and look, Hector, I'm, and I've told, I was very vocal. The blend that was picked was the worst of the three. Right? And they went with it, right, as the blend. And what happened to Alpha Dog? It's, See, I, it, I, it, I, it, I liked it, the I liked the Alpha Dog, which, but I didn't have the other two blends though. So that if you I had the other two blends, I'm, you and, and they were released as other cigars for other companies, just so you know. Sure. So, um, and I'm not gonna go there just because I want to protect Espinosa on that one, but but they did tell me what those other and you've had those two cigars and you probably like those other two better. But yeah, like it just to me, I just looked at like Hector. You can't. I went to Hector. I said, "You can't go with this." And he's like, "Well, this is what they picked. We have to do it." I'm like, I mean, "Props, hey, props for the honor system." Props right? to the I honor mean, system. Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, props." And, and he, I think I never got an answer which one Hector liked the best, but I don't think he disagreed with me on this. Like, I know what one of them with- is, and you're right, Coop. The, the, the well, I know what one of them is, and the other that one I do like better than the Alpha Dog. So yeah, it's fair point. And, uh, yeah, the other one you probably haven't had is it was a very limited release. The other one. Well. I'm going to just protect the innocent there with that one. But yeah, I just, to me, this is a, it's a bad sampler idea. It's just a bad idea. And this I don't think gonna, it pays, I don't think it pays the dividends no. in the long run with it's it. Not, so. It's not going to succeed. It doesn't, ex- does it excite you? It doesn't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're not like the typical consumer. It, they don't excite me going through these things. No, I, I was getting a migraine and then just now, and that actually just made my migraine totally kick in. So it's really one of those things that I, I'm probably going to have to hop off beforehand because it's killing me. But like, I just want to <laughs> say that was, yeah. it, you're right. It's a terrible idea. It's just, yeah, don't, don't give different blends. Don't give different sizes because everyone's going to be on someplace else. Yeah. It's just, I may like a preferito. But I may not like Blende, and Blende may be what's what's coming in the Preferito, and Bear may hate Preferitos. You know, yep. it's it's just you 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 kind of have to commit and make a decision. Yeah, yep. like if you can't make a decision on the factory floor yep. about which blend you're going to release, then you shouldn't be making a cigar. Yeah, I, I that's agree. my opinion. I agree. You shouldn't be like, hey, Seth, what, which, which Vitola should I use? No, tell me which Vitola that no, you guys are the you experts. want me to smoke. I want the tell experts which, to do yeah, it. Tell me what I should smoke. Yeah. I, w- I want the experts to do that. You know, and I think this happens with a lot of these like third-party brands that contract with a factory. Yeah. Is they pick what they like. And a lot of times that's not, it's, it's kind of a crowdsource. It's not really crowd, but it's the same concept. They end up picking the wrong one half the time. It's not, a, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. All right. Last last thing on samples, unless you guys have anything else, um, is sampler packaging. So we kind of were touching on this earlier on. Um, we so we think we hit a lot of this already, but you know, I uh I really do I mean I know we talked about bags, but I really like this Aganorsa one that they did. This was a charity thing, and I, I thought this was just a very nice presentation here that they had. That's a nice uh, box for it. Nice box. It was a very good price. It was for a, uh, it was for a charity called the POW MIA OREE, which is uh, a no soldier should ever be forgotten. It was for a charity angle. You got what I thought was cool. Whether you like the blends or not, there was some rarer cigars that aren't typically released. You know, the, the yeah. Supreme Leaf. Uh, I had the uh, rare leaf. The the rare leaf. It had the. Um, signatures so i thought this was a i like the i like this presentation it was in a nice slide top box 
There's a little card in there with it. Um, I got this. I bought this because I was at an event in Florida and Terrence was doing it. I'm like, this is a great little, you know, I just wanted to support the charity. So I thought this was a great way to kind of do it. And I like the box. Um, I just put the, I actually just keep the box open in the humidor is what I did. Um, and I just put, you know, I just kept them in the box. I haven't smoked them obviously. I got these back in May, but you know, and obviously I think the fresh, now the one thing I say about the fresh pack bags, I think they got to show the cigar. Yeah. This is what I like about again back to Perdomo. This is what I like what they did. They they you could see them in the cigar, so you see them what you're getting in there. I like the, I like the samplers where you can see it. I, I, I like where you can see it. I've seen some people not do that, but I think I think if you could, this one's the disadvantage. You can't see it. I get it, but um, but they tell you what's in there too. But but yeah, if the fresh packs, I really like what what Nick did with this. It's very visible, even on those. Uh, collection, those connoisseur collections we showed, you could see the cigars Which in there are, as well. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else on samples we want to hit? We hit a lot of stuff today. Well, here's the here's one of my favorite. It's it's kind of in line with the Las Calaveras one, but here's one of my favorite samplers uh, of all. And it, it because it and it also it, it helps it goes directly to charity. hundred percent of it goes directly to charity, which is beautiful. It's very simple. Two cigars, the toast across America. That great. That's always does. a great one. Yeah. yeah. That's always, that's a good one. And you get some good really one. good stuff with that. Yeah. Rare and stuff. That, it looks great in a humidor. You stack those things up. People can grab them too. Like, and it's an, it's an impulse buy and it's a great story. You, it's all, again, a hundred percent goes to charity. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice box. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not bundled in a yeah. little mazo or like done with a stupid ribbon or anything like that. It's a, it's a really nice lacquered box every get year. Get a shark and... size or something. like they gave a Julius Caesar shark one year. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, and says, I mean, you haven't been down to when you see that charity cigar family charitable foundation. It's like it's 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 life changing. It's real. I want to buy that every year now just to support that charity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, because I've done that a couple times. And it's it's they're fun smokes and it's a they're good fun college. smokes yeah they're really cool and if you're a collector they're great you know if you just want to collect I mean I, I want to smoke them but it's a great way to collect this stuff I think I've bought I think I've bought toast every year that they've done I haven't I'm gonna past, admit it but now I'm starting to get more disciplined on it probably like the yeah. last seven eight yeah. years yeah I feel like yeah. that's right yeah the problem is I don't know when they come out sometimes and then they come and go so. Yeah, depending on your retailer, that some of them can blow it out. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, not blow it out. Like they'll, yeah. they'll just move. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure. Like I'm sure. Like someone like Jay, who's a big, yeah, a big Fuente uh, account. Like I'm. Well, sure now I, that's why I think, now I know where to get it. <laughs> Jay could tell me where it is. Uh, Jay it's usually at the beginning of the year, about February. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I, I think that's a like I said, those are those fall into the category of unique samplers with a charity angle, which I like. I lighter went dead. All right. Um, Guys, I'm going to have to bounce. My head's killing me. No, I understand that, Seth. So, uh, I'm sorry, man. I will be you. happy to come back another time and finish anything. I just can't. I can't think behind. My right eye is just killing me. No, no. And we appreciate it. We, yeah, we're going to do. We'll catch up with some some industry stuff with you uh, in yes. the next segment. So I promise. But, I'm sorry, guys. No, no. If you're not we're feeling wrong. good, I, we don't want I feel ter- I feel terrible for losing my mind on that on the German engineered thing. And I was probably screaming <laughs> in your ear. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't probably, probably, it, it, probably didn't I, I help. Didn't, when I yeah. when I saw the German engine, I I've smoked. I think we smoked. We reviewed one, and I saw the German. I was like, "What the hell are they doing this for? Like, <laughs> it's just fucking. They just we got here. Like, yeah. at least be here for several years before you do something stupid. Don't do it initially. Yeah. 
No, it sounds so. Good. That's my that's my, my that's my build a reputation before you. We gave we gave Seth a bigger headache talking about that. Yeah, build a <laughs> reputation before you go do something stupid. So yeah. I will, guys. I will be back. I'm sorry for those watching, y'all. It's migrants. I'm sorry. No, and I'm I'm down that road. I know. So take care. You want to take care of yourself. We appreciate the time you gave us, my friend. This, and this is probably this is this is people will say this is what happens when I speak so nice of Perdomo for such a long period of time. This is just <laughs> no. This was this was this was a good thing, and I think yep. people need to come back. And I'd be definitely to talk about samplers again with y'all. Yeah, I think we do some more of this. This is fun. Maybe I we smoke it. through one night. But you take care of yourself. I'm sorry, uh, guys. And, uh, one more thing before you go: keep pounding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who they play this week. I don't even know. Uh, thanks, guys. I'm sorry. No, no apologies necessary, my friend. Seth. Uh, All right, that is the one and only big tuna, man, and. uh so the, on here. So Bear, what we'll do is we'll do great things that happen here, and then I have I have one more thing we could do to wrap up. Um, does that sound good? Sounds good. You. All right. So um, we want to get into our great things are happening here segment, uh, sponsored by Tobacco Era USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. Um, just so you know, there was no contest this week because there is some confusion on what the next prize is. So until I have that sorted out, I didn't want to um, cause confusion there. Everyone lost out on their chance to get that great canvas bag from the Cranius, man. It's they got no, awesome. they gave one out. We just well, there was a little mix. There was even a mix up with that one. The last winner was sent a Romeo Julieta pack, and we caught it. And the person who got it was uh, was Al- Alex Lancaster, who's really um, a good sport. But I went back to uh, them, and and they sent him the the St. Louis Ray one as well. Uh, so he was very understanding. But I want to make sure we know what we're giving away. So so there won't be one this week, but we'll have one on the next show. Um, so that's, that's the only reason why we didn't have it. We're not discontinuing them. But I think there's some new prize packs coming, I saw. So, um, and we've been doing the Romeo, the DH up my one, the St. Louis Ray one for a while. So probably good to change it up too. Um, Before you tell your story, I this is a brilliant comment from the chat and we missed it because we were, I just was going off on, the German engineer sampler and <laughs> poor Seth with his migraine, but Dan Thompson's in the chat. If, <laughs> absolutely. We didn't mention the Calif sample, by I, the way, the, which we should. Yeah. That one's really, that one's being released yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the Yolanda series. Yeah. Dan's comment. I typically don't go to a Michelin star restaurant and ask to help the chef. That's, <laughs> that's exactly. That's, it's true. It's true. I absolutely. These guys know so much more than we do. Like, that's why I don't come out like I think, Bear, we've talked about it. if you and I were coming out with our own cigar. Right. I think we want to be much hands on with it. Uh, right. Not just go pick and blend. So I think we would want to be very hands on with the process. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No. And, so, then y- and then y'all could lambast it, but at least it would be like us hands on with it. Yeah, a- exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, no, it's a good, I agree with that one. A hundred percent. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so that, that's, uh, an interesting one. Um, so let's get into, um, great things that happen here. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go, I'll go first. Yeah, go uh, first. So, uh, well, t- well, typically, and I, I really, uh, again, just reiterate everything, every time that we do the show, uh, I love the segment. I love what it means. I love talking about positive things. Um, I really want to, I'm going to use this platform for two seconds. Um, some you know i 
I, I've, I've recently, this isn't my good news, uh, my, you know, great things are happening here segment, but I, I'll tell you what, I've recently read a book um, and it's, it's really kind of changed my outlook on a lot of things. It's called The Energy Bus, uh-huh. John Gordon. And it talks about having a positive outlook on a lot of things and, and not just being like fake it till you make it or happy go lucky um, or letting water go off you like a duck's back. It's about changing your framing and your mindset. Yep. And it's really, really great book. If you're, if you happen to be a leader in your organization, whether it's a, you know, you own a retail shop or, you know, you're a manager, uh, you know, on a retail floor, or you're, you know, you work in corporate America and lead a team or, you know, just, you know, you're head of a household, you're a mother or a father and you have children, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great read. Um, but, um, I, it really got me thinking and about this segment in particular and how the good news network.org, which I, I read every day. Um, and I really think y'all should too. Uh, there's some great stories on it. I didn't pick from the good news network.org this, this, this week, uh, because I had my own personal, right. Uh, yeah, we did things from time to time. Here. Yeah. And, uh, like a few weeks ago, we did the story about the little leaguers, uh, which was really great. And, uh, um, so I'm going to bring in my own family here into, uh, great things are happening here for a couple of seconds. So, um, as, <laughs> unless you've been living under a rock and this is your first show, uh, Coop and I love baseball and I love baseball. I'm obsessed with it. Um, it brings me so much joy to watch it. It brought me so much joy to play it. Uh, love. Uh, my dad taught me so many life lessons through the game of baseball. I, I, there's a lot of philosophies in life that I carry that I carried from the diamond. Um, there's so many great things about the sport. Uh, it's the perfect game, as I've often said on this show. We don't um, need to speed up pitches, by the way. No, we don't need to do anything. Rob. Like Manfred, <laughs> Rob <Edgar>. Rasmussen. <laughs> um, I was talking about Manfred, but yeah, okay. too, um, too, yeah. But um, um, but I, I mean, I played growing up, and um, I have two sons, as a lot of our audience knows. And my oldest is, um, you know, isn't really into sports. He's not very athletic. Um, he's he's great in a lot of area other areas, and um, and he's really, I, I mean, he's occasionally shown interest in playing we'll play in the backyard i set up the tee with for him for a very young age i played catch with him at a very young age um and we'd play for a few minutes and then he'd, he'd lose interest and go do something else it just you know just wasn't his thing and this summer he says he tells my wife and i that he wants to play baseball and you know i'm trying not to get too overly excited because right, you know, right. he's I get a kid that. and and you know like he, he like i said before his his interests change for the most part. He has some consistent things that he's loved throughout his young life so far, but um, he wanted to play baseball. And so my wife and I were like, okay, we'll, we'll try it out. So we signed him up for some fall ball. It's a less competitive time. Teams are smaller and, and things like that. And he's seven. So he's past the T-ball stage. Yep. Uh, he's in what we call coach pitch and we got him in and last and Saturday he had his first game and every, the I kid you not, Coop. His first, his very first practice, he was playing warm up. He was warm up, warming up, and the first throw that was thrown to him smacked him dead in the face. And I thought, oh, that's it. That's it. We're done. done. We're done. Yeah. yeah. And and no, he hung in there and stayed the rest of plastic practice. He had so much fun. And I keep asking him, are you having fun? And he's like, yeah, this is really great. And he's having a great time. The coaches are extremely patient with him because again, he this is his first year. He doesn't 
He doesn't have a lot of right. skill set there. And so my expectations going into the season were really low. I mean, I played on a, I played on a couple of teams that at, at around his age um, where I didn't get much playing time, you know, um, yep. and I had to really work hard and, and, and earn playing time. And as I got older, I got to play a lot more. Um, so my expectations were really low. And I told my wife, and I'm like, Hey, he may not play, play a lot. And she led the red league rules to me. I'm like, Oh, that's great. Like league rules, Schmigler, you know, like coaches are going to do what they're going to do, but the coaches are extremely patient with him and he's just been having an absolute blast. And Saturday was his first game and the coaches come up to me and, and they said, Hey, we're going to have Jeremiah catch. Is that okay with you? And I was like, uh, what, what, you know, out, this is what I said outside, outside. I said, whatever you guys think is best inside. I was doing backflips. Cause that's what a position I played. I caught. Um, and it was a dream of mine to catch. I always wanted to play catcher. And so when I finally got the opportunity, when I was older than Jeremiah, I was about 10 when I first started catching and uh, I loved every moment of it. And he got so excited when they asked him to catch and, and the coaches actually told me why they were doing it. Um, was because they're like, we don't want him to get lost in the outfield. We, uh, we don't want, um, cause they took what I said to them. Cause I gave him all the feedback about how this is his first year and everything. And I don't know if he, he doesn't know if he wants to play. And they're like, we, we want to get him a lot more action and he's not very good at catching like at all. And they're like, by putting him back there, it, you know, it forces this practice right. of catching the ball. Right. So and we want him to get better at that and get more confident at that. So we're going to stick him behind the plate. And they asked him there, said, don't worry, it's really hot. We'll trade him out. He'll get some time in the other field. You know, that way he's not sweltering hot. Well, he ended up catching the whole game. <laughs> uh, he took, he actually was catching a perfect game until the last inning. Uh, the other team didn't score, didn't reach base until the last inning. Um, um, a lot of pass balls. <laughs> Right, uh, but wore the gear, didn't really squat too much. But I got a couple of great pictures. But most of all, he just had so much fun, and he was so excited. And like I, I like I'll tell you this: like whatever your opinion about baseball is, um, everybody should love children playing baseball because there's this, there's this. And I was telling my mom this about my members because she thought that my experience playing was was crap, and I was like, I loved everything about putting on a uniform. I loved everything about being in the dugout with my teammates. I loved everything about playing baseball and watching him play was one of the best experiences that I've had all year. And it was just, my heart expanded to a 10 times and it was so wonderful. Um, and that was my great things are happening here because if you ever feel down in the dumps, go to a little league game and just watch the joy that these kids play with. And it'll immediately pick you up. If you're having the worst day of your life, watch children play baseball and you'll feel so much better about everything. It was awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. Um, I can relate to this, but there's a little negative to this. I'm going to talk about. So, Remember a couple years ago, I was telling you that one of my former classmates was managing in the Little League World Series. I don't know if yeah. you remember. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, and it made a great run. I thought it was a great story. There is a negative part to this story is uh, when I moved to Staten Island from Brooklyn, uh, the Little League system in Staten Island was very much like junior hockey in Canada. 
it, you really couldn't enjoy it, right? And if you weren't good enough, you couldn't play. And they really didn't have a like a seven. It was when, when it became eight. It, it was very much a system, right? Uh, my brother-in-law actually played in the Little League World Series, right? He was he was very good, but I never was able to do that, right? And and I get it. They had a system there, and I'm not. There's some positives that came out of it. Obviously, like I said, my friend's son, uh, not my friend's nephew, not my friend, a former classmate of mine's nephew, played in the Little League World Series. His father had died, and he coached him. Beautiful story. But I didn't get to. I never got to experience that as a kid. But when my son Stephen went and played t-ball, I was so hesitant, right? To have him play t-ball because of like i said i didn't have this i had this system mentality but it was bare i'm so glad that i didn't stop him it became one of the best things ever and seeing these kids try and learn the fundamentals of the game was great it was a beautiful thing to see um i wish the soccer leagues were like that here the soccer leagues are very competitive in north carolina but the T-ball system. Now, my son decided not to continue with baseball, and that was his choice. Yeah. Um, but but it was, I tell you what, there was no better time I had than watching him play T-ball. It was the most, and he was like six or seven doing this. Best experience of my life. It was, it was great. And that's and how they learned. And the parents were all behind everyone. It wasn't this competitiveness. And if some kid didn't play well, it was like, hey, you know, pat on the back, you know. Work on the fundamentals. I, I, I can see that. I, I, I saw you post a picture of that over the weekend, and it was, it was absolutely a great story. Oh, it was just yeah. – that, That's exactly – that's what that should be about. The coaches are great. The yeah. kids are good. You know, a couple, a couple of sour apples, but they're kids, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and the parents are fantastic. Like, everyone, like, learned his name, and they're, like, cheering yeah. for him. They yeah. don't know me from anybody. They don't know him. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these parents have been coached have, – have had these kids – for the last few years and they all know each other and everything like they welcomed him in with open arms. I mean, I mean, I was, I mean, I was really, yeah, I was really hesitant to, I mean, but my expectations were so low cause it didn't matter. Like I was yeah. like, if he rides the bench for the season, it doesn't matter. Cause that's what, I mean, I was, I mean, frankly, I was kind of expecting just cause I mean, his skill set's just not there yet yeah. because it's just not developed. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're, they're actively, they're actively trying to make him better. And it's just, it's really great. It's just, it's, yeah. it's wonderful. And I mean, a, lo a lot of people I know are getting involved. Like uh, I've been texting uh, Mike uh, Stefan Kevich about it, uh -huh. you know, because uh, I actually helped uh, with my show. We sponsored his friends, Little League's baseball team. Oh, that's great. And so they actually made it to state's finals to get into the Little League series. They didn't make it. They made it all the way to the final. And they lost, but so that's kind of where it started. And him and I started texting about this. And so, I mean, he's even like cheering him on and stuff from afar did, and getting. Did it have the Eloso Fumara logo or anything? Was it like anything like that? No, 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 nothing that. No, it was just like it, we. I mean, we raised money on the show. Yeah, yeah, we raised money on the show, and I better. sent money. Yeah, to, to, yeah it was really cool. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Yes, that, I remember now that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, that great! That's a good story. That's that's. That's what I love about like little league and, and the kids playing. That's exactly what you want to yeah. do. Yeah. All right. So mine is uh, from the today show. Um, and it's a story about an Uber driver um, who uh, was taking a passenger uh, from Brooklyn to LaGuardia airport, which is in Queens. 
right? Not an easy trip to do, by the way. And they were in a neighborhood uh, in the Bedford-Stuyvesant neighborhood of Brooklyn, which is a bit of a rough neighborhood. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's kind and, of on the on the rebound, isn't it? Though it's on the rebound, yeah. But it's still, I think it's still got it. Kind of like Williamsburg, it's gotten through this regentrification. Yeah, yeah. But it's still got. I think it's it's still. I would say, you know, you want to be careful walking around. As what I say. And uh, he he had picked up a passenger, and I guess they were driving through Bedford Stuyvesant, and uh, he saw a commotion on the driver named Fritz Sam saw a commotion uh, on uh, in Bedford Stuyvesant on one of the streets. And he noticed uh, flames and dark smoke coming out of a second floor window of a brownstone. And there are a lot of these brownstones. They're very, they're multifamily units. They're really a, an institution in Brooklyn, these types of houses. Um, but they are very, you know, there is a, a high density population of there. And uh, they noticed the, the flames and he, he went to the passenger. Hey, can we pull over? And it's a guy going to the airport, keep in mind, right? Um, and the passenger said, yeah. So they, they got out of the car. They wanted to see if they could help. First, they started making some noise to tell people to get out of the building. Uh, and then um, I guess when they found out everyone wasn't in the building, uh, they uh, decided to go in. And uh, they ran inside and um, they started basically seeing who they could get out of the building. And they had actually they were running uh, up staircases and they, they pulled a few women out. They pulled a woman out. Um, and they went back in a second time, pulled uh, pulled pulled out another guy, um, and uh, you know I just thought this was an amazing. Uh, I thought this was an amazing story. Um, you know, I thought it was. And what happened is, ironically, the Uber's car was pulled in front of a fire hydrant, right? So, uh, and this is before the first responders got there. So he immediately had to go pull it. You know, obviously move the car so the first responders could get there. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a, uh, you know, and, and actually he ended up getting the guy to the airport. It turns out anyway, um, <laughs> Bonus. Which, which is an amazing thing. So um, I think this is a I mean, this made it viral on Twitter. And I think there were people saying that, you know, Uber, you know, they were telling Uber to uh, recognize the driver. Um, and I think uh, Uber had previously tweeted that they had reached out to the driver in response um and uh i guess he's gonna get some sort of a lifetime achievement award or uh, something which is really good so um this was a great i thought this was an absolute great story the driver and the, and the passenger just being really um really responsive here to that uh i thought this was a great story um you know a great community story just great selflessness and everything you know um, you know, someone could be it's stressful if you, you had a chance you can miss your flight and everything. And, um, um, but yeah, very, uh, I thought this was, this story really kind of touched me a lot. So, uh, great job by Fritz, Sam and his passenger there. Um, but no, uh, tremendous job there. That's awesome. This reminds me of the story that we did a couple of weeks ago too, that, uh, the guy who fought had a fight with his girlfriend and was driving the pizza delivery guy. Yeah. He wasn't delivering pizzas, but he had a fight with his girlfriend. His girlfriend so he was yeah. Cruising. And then, yeah, he went in and saved that family and stuff. And, yep. um, and, and that's what we talk about with this segment coop is it like the, the, the humanity of people and right. the humanity of, of this segment is, is, is it, really it restores your faith point. in humanity. A lot of times it really does. It really does. Like, dude, there, I mean, there's some, there is some fucked up shit 
that happens in this world. And we are constantly compounded with it. We're compounded with negativity. I know to our loyal listener base, they've heard me say this, you know, every time we do this segment, but like it really, it really just goes to show what a little bit of positivity and a little bit of good news does and it uplifts the show. Like we've had some pretty, you know, we've had some heated discussions. We've had some not so great segments. We've talked about a lot of, you know, you know, things that aren't necessarily that uplifting and we can always rely on this segment to kind of boost up boost the end back of the up. show. Yeah. So it's really, yeah. it's really great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's become my personal, one of my personal favorite things we've done. Uh, and, you know, I got, always want to thank Tobacco or USA, you know, because their expression is great things are happening here. And we just kind of expanded it outside the world of cigars. And there have been stories we've done. I think we've been doing this for almost two years. So um, it's been one of our great segments um, to do. Um, so I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Um, and we'll keep doing this. So, yeah. So that was our tobacco area. Say great things are happening here segment. So bear, I have one more audible segment. We'll do. It's a short one. It's a low hanging fruit one. So, uh, but let me first mention Michael's tobacco. Uh, with just over a decade of ownership, Michael's tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world older with just two, with two convenient locations in Euless. Um, just a quick jump from the DFW airport and Keller, Texas. Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPTR board member and now made Michael's a family fair by having his fair, by having his son, Bob, join the ownership force. Together, they brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, home one, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite beverage pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. So it's good to see Michael's, like I said, they're back in full swing. It looks like with an events and everything. So excited to see that. Are you there, Bear? Yes, I am. Okay. I didn't know. You, you look like you were frozen for a second. All right. So one last segment. I was going to do some, some industry talk with Seth, but, you know, with a migraine. Uh, thanks for him for hanging in as long as he did. Because uh, I, I know he would have loved to talk about some of these things. But there were a couple of industry personnel moves this week that happened um one got more attention than the other but one i thought might have been a bigger one but we could we could decide that um but there were two moves that were made uh the first one was uh joe grow the uh digital marketing manager for drew estate uh has departed drew estate senior See, I'm sorry, Senior. did I say it? Yes, you're right. Senior digital marketing manager. Yes, correct. We, I, sorry, Joe. Thanks for, for uh, correcting me on that. I got you some respect, Joe. It's all okay. yeah, Sorry, Joe. Uh, Joe has uh, now, he is now the director of marketing and communications for quality importers. Uh, show promo next week. We'll have Michael to, uh, Giannini on primetime next Thursday. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, but so that's a little. But so that move was uh, that move kind of quietly happened last week and into this week. It was announced on yesterday. Um, and the second move was one I started hearing about about a week ago, and then basically it didn't get announced officially until today um, or yesterday. And that's a Hamlet Paredes. Um, 
has departed Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. Um, and he is going to work for um, a company called Bond Roberts, which is an online cigar auction house. And it's co-owned by Rob Fox of JJ, Rob Fox of James J. Fox and Rye Ballera of FOH, which used to be Friends of Obanos. And I was corrected on that by Surgeon. That's not Friends of Obanos anymore. Now it's FOH. Um, and there were two, there were two interesting moves. Um, and I just wanted to kind of get a few thoughts on those. So I'm going to put a couple of things out there. Um, I think the Joe Grow move got much more attention. I will tell you that the Hamlet one has gotten more hits on Coop. Uh, but I think the Hamlet one had much more of a worldwide implications because Hamlet has been known. He's an international figure. Uh, but Joe is someone who's really been a, an integral part of Drew Estate for, I would say, media and certainly the consumer segment. Um, and uh, I think it's a great move for Joe, by the way. Um, quality importers has really beefed up their marketing in the last, year, uh, last few months, actually. Um, they always, they always were a very difficult company to deal with, um, before, uh, and then I, I made a connection with, uh, Jimmy Mulito, who's on the product end of things. Um, and then, uh, Michael's come in there now and now Joe's come in there. So there, I think you guys see a big change in what you're going to be hearing out of quality importers with Joe coming in there. Cause they needed to do that. On the other hand, the Hamlet, and we can talk about this too. I'll throw it out there. Was the Hamlet brand a success or not for Rocky Patel? And I, I'm going to contend it wasn't. Um, there was even a comment I saw that it was a very small part of their sales. And I, for whatever reason, I don't think it worked the way they were hoping that one was going to work out. Um, but I don't think, from what I heard, Hamlet wasn't forced out of this either. Right? But I, I'm, you know, I didn't hear any indications of that. So I just thought there were two different moves, two very interesting moves. And I just thought we'd wrap up the show with that. Obviously, I, I know Hamlet and Joe. I know Joe a lot closer, you know. Um, but I, like I said, there were, two, there, there were two significant moves this week made. Well, well, first of all, I think we need to come to agreement that when we just need to go going forward, if there's a if there's a Spanish pronunciation to be made, that, that I just need to do it for you, Coop. Um, Paredes. Paredes. OK, that, <laughs> that's why we have you. <laughs> I think I'm just having too much fun needling you on this. Um, we have to have um, your German engineering rant tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I, I mean, let's let's talk about Joe first, because I, I think I have a lot more to add to that conversation. Yep. Um, um, l- let's talk about let's talk about the impact that Drew Estate has had um, on the industry over the years. And they've they've been a disruptor in a lot of ways. Uh, since the days of of Drew and, and and Samel kind of joining, you know, starting the company, and uh, this is pre Swisher acquisition, yep. right? Um, and there was a lot of, I think there were a lot of questions post acquisition about what the identity of Drew Estate was going to look like and how it was going to be different. And it's been different, that's no question. But I think it's been different in full continuity of what the original vision of what Jonathan Drew and Marvin Samel set out to do and accomplish. Uh, and a lot of that, um, uh, a lot of that can do uh, with, a lot of that has to do with Joe and his leadership and the team that he built. I mean, there's some 
really talented individuals that were on his team that are still with Drew Estate, but were un- under him and on his team and worked in conjunction with him uh, that kind of carried this vision that Drew Est- that Jonathan and, and Marvin had into this next era of Drew Estate. And Joe was a big part of that. Um, you know, I think he led the way and paved the way and making sure that Drew Estate was part of the industry fabric even more so than it had already been. I think he was responsible for a lot of things. I think uh, post decision about no longer uh, Drew Estate's no longer participation in the PCA, also big questions, right? Yep. You know, um, and look, I hate using this word uh, because of the weight that it carries uh, from from the story last year, but the relevancy that Drew Estate had throughout the the pandemic and up until this point now that now that he's left and departed um, was nothing short of brilliance, right? And I, I know Joe's one person and I know he's also humble enough to say that this team had a lot to do with that. And I, I certainly don't want to belittle the contribution of some other great individuals in the yep. company that we yep. know because they've, they've done a fabulous job. They really right. have, all of them. And, and Joe's, Joe was a big part of that. But um, I, I, I think it does. Um, well, well, we should all be excited for what quality importers is do by bringing on someone like Michael Giannini and now bringing on Joe um, are going to do. I also think this is, I, I, I have no doubt that Drew Estate will take this crossroad that they're at now and, and, and turn another positive, you know, because it is yeah. a negative, them losing yeah. Uh, turn another negative into a positive um, because they just have a habit of doing that. And they've like, like I said earlier, Joe did, it was a big part of acquiring uh, and putting in place a very talented group of individuals um, there that are still there. So, um, and, you know, but this is a, this, this is going to be interesting to see what happens and how it may look different without him there. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see, uh, what that is. I mean, I mean, Coop, do you, I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Or do you think they, do you think that this might be a move that, well, maybe understated and underrated, maybe has a lot more of a, a larger impact on Drew Estate than some of these other, you know, some of these other forks in the road that they've had. Um, so let me kind of just give a little timeline here and then I can tell you, and I'll answer that. So if you go back 10 years ago with Drew Estate, uh, you'd go to their booths. It was very chaotic. Um, and every piece of news went to Charlie Minato, right? Uh, Sam Morales comes in, I think, 2014. And I don't want to under... Sam really kind of straightened out a lot of things marketing-wise. Uh, he organized the media a lot more. And uh, Sam hired Joe. And uh, the booths became much more organized. It became a very structured thing. Uh, and Sam put a lot of that foundation in Sam departs and Joe pretty much moves into a similar role. I don't want to say his role was exactly the same. And I think Joe carried that out very, very well, continuing what Sam did. And then you mentioned a really key point when, when Drew Estate pulled out of the trade show, the pandemic happens. Uh, I wrote about this today that Drew Estate suddenly had to go from marketing to the retailers at, to now much more heavily in consumer engagement. 
Um, and I think Joe was very much a part of that, along with guys like Ryan Gallimore and Jack Heyer. Um, and I had a preliminary discussion with Drew Estate um, right when this happened. And I feel very comfortable uh, with Ryan and Jack that we are going to have the same level of support. Uh, maybe even better, but but this, we're gonna we're not gonna miss a beat with those guys. They, I think they're very committed to us. But there are some new faces, and so there's gonna be there's gonna be changes. Whenever there's new people, there's changes. But I'm not worried. I think they're gonna continue that, uh, especially with Ryan. Uh, Ryan's involved a lot with consumer, and Jack. They're both involved with consumer engagement a lot, which is becoming more and more important what Drew Estate's doing. So I think I'm not worried about. It. I think we're gonna be fine with that. Um, and you know certainly. Uh, I know they're starting to reach out to the media people. I just, like I said, I happened to get this word um, late last week. And I did tell you guys what was going on. Um, and uh, then Joe got, you know, Joe, it was a quick transition from Joe to quality importers. So, um, you know, I'm happy for Joe. Yeah. Usually there's a lull, like usually there's a departure. Yeah. And then it's usually a few days, if not a couple weeks yeah. before. The, the official word is announced on things yeah. like this. So that yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. And I think Drew State chose not to make an announcement of him leaving. And that's certainly there. there a lot of companies will do that. And I think we always got to respect, too, that this is job changes is still a personal thing. So I didn't really pepper Joe on this stuff at all. I knew that, you know, he would we would get it announced. And I did know he was going to quality importers. But, you know, the rollout, I, I found out the details like everyone yesterday. Um. And, you know, we have our chat. And then once it came out, I congratulated Joe in the chat. Um, and I'm really excited about him joining Quality Importers. Um, there is so much that they can that they need to do media relation wise. Um, and to have someone with Joe's expertise coming in there. Um, I think Giannini's a higher level guy. He's more of a strategic guy. So I see Giannini kind of like Jonathan really ran marketing for Drew Estate. So I see Giannini kind of as, as an equivalent with that. Um, and I think he's got, you know, I think if he focuses a lot more on strategy, um, I, think this, I think this is a huge win for online media with Joe going to quality importers. I was, we were spoiled, uh, Bear. We've known people like, you guys don't know Jimmy, but Danilo we know. He's a, a friend of our show. We always yeah. catch up with him. Um, we, we have a relationship with Michael, but I think they needed a guy to kind of execute the day-to-day -day stuff. Um, and I don't think that was Michael per se to do that. Because I, I see Michael more as a strategic, doing more of the strategic initiatives. Uh, and Joe's got communication skills. Um, and I, I, said, I think this is a big win for online media. I think for years, we just haven't been able to tap to the level we wanted to tap into quality importers. Zycar was impossible to tap into before, before they got acquired. And like I said, I, I got to meet Jim. I, I knew Jimmy who came over from Calibri and that, that kind of was like my gateway. We were a little more spoiled bear in terms of our relationships with quality importers than, than most, but they could have definitely been deeper. Like, and I think with Joe there, um, it, it's a fantastic opportunity for all of us. Uh, I think it's a great move, and I think it's great for quality importers. I think you're going to really see some of these brands now develop. And, you know, they have that whole swag bunker concept. And, you know, in the press release, it definitely sounds like Joe's going to be involved with that. And that's where they customize a lot of the accessories. Um, in the back of my mind, I wonder if they're going to ever try another run at cigars between you and me. I always, you know, they tried it a few years ago with Eddie Ortega, you know, kind of just it, it didn't really work out. 
But, you know, at some point, do I see Michael maybe wanting to get back into the game and launch a brand on the court? I can see that. And Look, you got a guy like Joe who's done this so and can help execute that. So I, I think that's just me speculating and guessing that could happen. But even if it doesn't, I think it's great for the accessories piece for sure. Oh, yeah. It's, I think it's going to um, I think it's going to uh, you know, I don't want to like over pontificate here, but I think it's going to raise the bar of the accessories game in a lot of ways, because with people like Michael and Joe now, quality importers, Danilo's done a fabulous job. Like I said, friend of the show. But he's more on the product. End. He's more on the product I, end. Of yeah, I was going to say he's more on the product end. So the, that that is that stands on its own leg, I yep. think. But there there's going to be an elevation in the game of how accessories play in the world of uh, consumer engagement and also uh, on our end on media too. Now it's going to happen, uh, which will be fantastic. Um, And I think unprecedented than previously done. And I think that's going to allow for other companies too to kind of see what's doing. And I think you're going to, you know, and other companies are going to, you know, Coles of London with ST DuPont, uh, LA blue. Yep. You know, they've, they, they, they have, it's their, I would say like, it's their own world, right? Like LA blue as an example, right? It has this, and this, this, this word often gets used in a very negative context, but I really don't mean it that way. And I'm not trying to like walk back my statement before I even right. say it, but there's kind of an elitist, uh, you know, it's the, it's the audience. They don't. Yeah. It's a little bit of yeah. the audience they deal with. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the market that they're yeah. in. It's the products they have. But at the same time, they can do a lot better. I mean, we've already we've already kind of seen, right? Look what yeah. Rabbit Air. Look at what Rabbit Air did this year by with their uh, with their newest their newest uh, their newest product that they released. You know, they got ahead. They got ahead of it. But they didn't sure market it well. They really didn't market that well. I'm going to be honest with you. It's on the that. beginning, though. It's the beginning, right? Yeah, I get that. Steps. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're I think we're going to start seeing. A, a, at a larger scale, right. this is going to be the catalyst, and not to put too much pressure on you, Joe. But I think this is going to be the catalyst for a lot of movement in the in the uh, the uh, um, the accessories world. I think that all these companies that have been out there for accessories, um, and like I said, we've, we we know some of the calls of London people. Uh, you know, I know some. I used to know some sources of Calibri. Um, they and and quality imports. I think to this point. They have been marketing into the retail sector. I think Joe coming in there and Michael Giannini, who's got this title, I think he's got a consumer title somewhere in there. I think there's a there's going to be a pivot with quality importers to, to do what Drew Estate did, which is not just the retail channel, but the consumer channel. And I think that's going to be enormous, and, and it's going to give them a huge edge right now. And they got two of the best people on board who can do that for them. So I, I, like I said, I'm excited what I heard about this. Absolutely. Yeah, I know there's Fantastic. some people heartbroken. I think we all love Joe, but I'm glad Joe, you know, is making a move in his career. He wants to make, and and uh, you know, like I said, I'm comfortable. With, like I said, I've talked to Ryan and Jack enough to know I think we're in good shape with with this, uh, with that end. So I'm not, I'm not even worried. I think they've built a lot, and I think certainly they want to have a lot of the continuity yeah. that they've had from Sam to Joe and now to Ryan and Jack. And I think they're going to still figure out what the roles are going to be with Ryan and Jack. But, you know, their roles will change, you know, and Drew State also and, grows. And, and don't forget on too. like I, and know more I, I moved into side. the product, but I, yeah, I moved into the product side. Yeah. I'm not forgetting on it. And you look at what like, like Sam brought on and Joe in and look at how those guys have grown in their roles. Uh, 
and just I've seen Joe just become, you know, he 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 commands a. I've seen him just get more confident. Same with on. They command their presence right now, uh, and they were they were they were key they were key people in the company. Um, and you know, like I said, Joe, you know, Joe certainly has his right to 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 make a move, and I want to always be respectful to that. You know, people. Well, the first thing I get, why did Joe leave? I'm like, well, why are you asking me? I'm like, well, didn't you? I said, again, people have a right to privacy to switch a job, and I don't think this is necessarily everything has to be public about that. And I don't know why Joe chose to leave. He just chose to leave. He thought it was the right time. Well, what about Hamlet? Okay. All right. So Hamlet just never it never meshed for me with that one. Yeah, here, so here's my hard take. I don't want to take anything away from Hamlet's contribution to the industry, okay? Absolutely I think, not. I think I think I think his resume stands alone. Yeah. It stands on itself. I don't think I need to to add to it. But here's here's my hot take on 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 this move by Hamlet. Um I, the hits aside that you've gotten on the site, Coop, yeah. and bravo to you to being one of the only outlets that covered this because I do think it has significant importance and is newsworthy, despite my comment yesterday. Uh, privately to you no but i know I, you I, and I, I was I, all good i was all good but what i will say honestly like and again this is my hot take on this is i i just don't i just don't see the buzz i don't see the impact um that it's going to to matter it, it clearly didn't mesh with rocky so he didn't make an impact necessarily in Rocky that that they were probably hoping for, that he was probably hoping for. I don't want to speculate because I haven't spoken with Hamlet or Rocky about the topic. I haven't either, so I want to be fair to Rocky. But, that too. Yeah, but I I mean, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, it's not like he, it's not like a home run was hit while he was there, you know, with, with some of those, pro, you know, with some of those releases and stuff. So um, what happens to those lines? I think now they do, they now go away because they don't have the man behind it anymore. So like, again, so the little fanfare that, that they did receive, it's probably going away. And you can't, I can't see him keeping it. I can't see him keeping it for, I mean, I just they're going to tobacco arrow. The tobacco arrow line is, is, was already discontinued, but the other three, I think they still have inventory. I don't see them continuing and investing in that. You know, why would you invest in a uh, Hamlet when he's gone? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, um, but I just, Hamlet is a, I, I don't know. I thought Habana, he was going to be very much like in the Habanos role he was in. Roller, you know, and he did some of that for a while, but the last few years, he's kind of just tapered off, if you've noticed. And he was just less of a visible presence at Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. I mean, it wasn't a surprise that the move was made. And I don't think there was a, the first cigar he had was a hit. But after those, the next, there were three more that came out. Um, and I don't think they were as hits. I just don't think they, they hit. Um, and I don't think Hamlet as a brand just ever like stood, stood, stood. I just don't think it stood. And from what I said, Rocky owns those trademarks too. So, I mean, you know, I saw like, for example, I saw Nish and Nimish doing a lot more than Hamlet, you know, especially out in the field. I just didn't see that happening. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. You know, and, and uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see where he's going to this Bond Roberts. I'm, obviously, I think they got some bigger plans. Like there's some speculation that, you know, people think they may launch a brand or something. So maybe Hamlet becomes a key part of that. Uh, it's, a, it's a British operation. So it's over in Europe. 
Uh, but I just, like I said, just it it wasn't like uh, it, it had. You know, Hamlet was an international star from his days at Habano. So that's what I'm kind of going with. And and you know, I've kind of been monitoring the traffic. I've been and it's been close. A lot of Joe Joe was covered by every media site because that press release was sent to everybody. The Hamlet thing wasn't ever announced. It was just kind of I found out about some of it and filled in some details with the aficionado announcement. But I had heard I heard Hamlet left around Labor Day or right before Labor Day. I heard he left. Mm. So I heard it from a, uh, I heard it from a very reliable source who knows Hamlet. And uh, so I knew it. So I had a little prep time with that one. Um, but, you know, a lot of media guys, if they don't get the press release, they aren't going to cover it. So it wasn't covered. So I think that's why I had a lot more traffic between the international audience and uh, the fact that uh, I covered it. It was only, it was only half wheel myself and aficionado who covered it. Oh. But I wish Hamlet the best. I hope we see him, more of him. He's a great guy. Uh, I didn't know him as well as Joe, but, but you know, I've, 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 uh, I have nothing but positive interactions with Hamlet. And I'm sure Rocky Patel will be fine, and they'll pivot the portfolio somewhere else. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't if that line was a major, a major pillar in the Rocky Patel portfolio, that that announcement would have had much more rippling effects for them. Because well, what do you do in that case? But they'd already discontinued one of the lines. So um, did you ever see that Hamlet, though? The one thing he did, he rolled those giant Calabras, which were really cool. I always thought that was one day. Yes. I more yeah. I wish he did more stuff like that. That was the stuff I was hoping we were. And, and the first few years we saw that and then it just it died off after that. You know, he did a few other blends and that was and he hadn't blended with much in, with the Nicaraguan tobaccos. Um, so he was involved with some of that. But yeah, eventually just kind of fizzled out. So that was those were the, that's what I just wanted to touch on those two things as we closed out. Anything else, Bear? No, I think I said I think I said my 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 two cents worth. Oh, okay. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to mention a couple of programming notes. Um, there's two shows coming up. Uh, <laughs> one show is going to be a little bit of a back to back here. We'll talk about it. Uh, Thursday, we, we there wasn't supposed to be a show on Thursday on prime time, two forty one. Um, but Matt Boost, but the last minute, some things changed for me. I had a show opening, and I asked Matt Boost to come on. So Matt's coming on on uh, Thursday. We'll talk a little more about that in a second. And then uh, next week on episode 242, I mentioned Michael Giannini's coming on. Um, next week, um, I won't be smoking much next week. I have to have a, a procedure done that's going to prevent me from smoking for about a week. Um, so uh, it's good to have an accessories guy on Thursday night. <laughs> works out well with that but um yeah i'm gonna have a minor it's nothing serious but it's a it's an oral procedure and i can't i'm not gonna be able to smoke for a few days so um we won't be we won't have a special edition next week i think we'll we'll schedule i think the next show bear is going to be the conclusion of the uh aging experiment anyway so we have to just figure a date out for that uh and there's no jukebox this week either so um but yeah that's that's what's going on on the coop end now there we have a little interesting scenario with Matt. <laughs> we'll talk about, which I, I feel bad on this, by the way. Yeah, we've got a couple of confirmations for the next couple of weeks, and uh, <laughs> we all, um, have uh, a 
great show planned. Uh, it's going to be a shorter show. So for people who love my marathons, they're going to be disappointed, but we're going to, we're going to have a really quick show with one of our favorite guests and you get to have a fun conversation with Tim too on Thursday, but Matt Booth will also be on our show on Ellis Fumar takes uh, for take two twenty four on, uh, on Sunday. The 18th, and so. we'll bring our unique spins on it. So you get mad a couple of different ways. Uh, we, we normally try not to coincide the shows and, and it just happened like that. I felt horrible about that. Okay. We've got a couple of other people confirmed over the next couple of weeks. I'm really glad um, one person who's going to be coming back uh, next month uh, to the show for the first time in a long time. Uh, he's been part of some specialty shows. He was part of my birthday episode where we launched our charity project a couple of years ago. Um, so it's been two years uh, since he's been on formally. Uh, he he made an appearance on my pinch hit show uh, where uh, unfortunately we had a guest uh, that wasn't able to make it last minute and uh, I sounded the I sounded the call and many people answered that uh, that call and we had a great pinch hit show with a lot of fabulous guests uh, and one of the people who popped on that evening was uh, John Carney who will be making a return to the show representing La Florida Minicana on the the 16th of October so that's exciting too to have John back. And you're getting back of us because we have John on in October. So, but there's a lot more time with that one. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so that would be pretty good too. But no, so I'm excited about that uh, as well. So there's good, good things are happening here. Uh, and before long, we're going to be talking about end of year stuff. So it's already coming. In fact, the cupolas has to be locked by the end of October. Um, and this non-smoking is going to put a, dent in the review schedule unfortunately so um but it has to be done so um i gotta take care of myself so but no i'm excited so uh i want to thank seth again i hope he's feeling better by the way um yeah, yeah so i think that's why we we, we started getting away from getting away from the outside weather and the and this the screen it's very when you muggy, have a migraine I, when you have a migraine yeah. man the freaking computer yeah. screen just is, yeah but he's a trooper stupid. he's a trooper and uh he would he he must have been feeling horrible I know him well, so but we thank Seth. Yeah. That was a good show. It was really a really fun topic on there. Uh, mm-hmm. And like I said, we'll be tackling the aging experiment with the Aladino uh, Corojo Reserva Figurado. So we'll see how that wraps up. And then we got to pick our next cigar, too. So maybe we could pick that when we announce it on the next show. I've already got a couple candidates in mind. Yeah, but I have to bear. I have to be careful just because uh, why I can't commit to a date, obviously, is I don't know when I'm going to be able to smoke again. So we, that may be an October show, just so you know. Um, November, you mean? But- or, oh, October, yeah. October, October yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Uh, if I can't smoke, I can't do that show. Of course. So that's going to be the key thing with that. So I'm, I'm almost inclined yeah. to say this may be the it for September right now. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, that show, I have to smoke on that one. Yeah. Uh, and I know health, we're getting a health, health and family first, Coop. Yeah, always. Exactly, you know exactly, exactly. But, uh, again, thanks to our audience for hanging in there. That's going to wrap up Primetime Special Edition 127 to the Annals of History for Tuesday, September 13th. Now Wednesday, September 14th in the Eastern Time Zones. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.